0: Attention Talking Simpsons listeners, would you love to hear us give the same treatment to Futurama?
1: Who would do a thing like that? Who could do a thing like that?
2: Then you'll be delighted to know we're doing just that for Futurama's entire first season. Hey, when you look this good, you don't have to know
0: anything. And it'll only be available for people who donate at the $5 level to the Talking
2: Simpsons Patreon.
3: Oh, God, no!
2: And along with 13 episodes of Talking Futurama, you'll get all 23 episodes of Talking Critic, the entire first season of Talking Simpsons, monthly community podcasts, interviews with Simpsons writers, and so much more! Shut up and take my money!
0: Remember, go to patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons to get your hands-on podcasts from the world of tomorrow!
4: I heartily endorse this event or
3: product.
0: Ahoy hoy everybody, welcome to Talking Simpsons where we're pickled tink about podcasting (laughs) I'm your host, typhoid carrier Bob Mackey And this is a chronological exploration of The Simpsons Who else is here with me today?
2: A big fat loudmouth who can walk when he has to, Henry Gilbert That is
0: really mean, Henry And uh, (laughs) who is calling in special guests?
5: A dead white male bashing PC thug, Tristan Cooper Uh, I'm a greasy thug
0: too And today's episode (laughs) is Lisa the Iconoclast Excuse me?
6: my microwave johnny cakes already
0: <laughs> today's episode aired on february 18th 1996 and as always henry will tell us what happened on this mythical day in history <gasps> oh
2: my god oh boy bobby the ira bombs a bus in london killing three people chinese new year is here to make it the year of the rat and happy gilmore hits theaters and entertains uh young henry gilbert wow. back when he was the perfect age for adam sandler we mentioned this on the
0: Chapo uh, podcast with uh, Two Bad Neighbors, but this was the golden age of cinema and Happy Gilmore and Black Sheep. What a what a wealth of riches in theaters at the same yeah. time.
5: <laughs> I remember seeing uh, Happy Gilmore in a double feature with that. Matt LeBlanc chimp baseball movie.
0: Oh, that'd be Ed. Familiar? Mm-hmm.
5: Ed. Yep, that was a, that was a rough that was a rough double feature.
0: <laughs> Not to be confused with Ed TV, which is a movie about reality shows. I yeah, think. it's about
2: reality TV. Yeah. But just if it never stopped, it was like it was the uh, more broy side to the, the Truman, Truman Show. Show. Yes, yeah. So it sort of
0: predicted live streaming. Yeah,
2: and there's a joke early in the movie where he wakes up with a morning hard on and touches it, and they're like, oh. This is how the show starts, huh? I don't know why, but that's the only thing I can remember about that movie. <laughs> <laughs> Morning al- Wood. <laughs> well, it's also that Ellen Ellen is in it pre, oh, uh, pre-outing yeah. herself. There, there's that, mm-hmm. too. It's true. <laughs> so, uh,
0: Tristan, in case uh, people don't know who you are, some people out there, uh, can you tell us who you are and where you come from?
5: Uh, you might know me from uh, dorkly.com, where we have lots of articles and comics and all sorts of crazy crap on the walls. Yeah. Some people might know me best from... Uh, a little bit late last year when I cracked the case of Toad and his uh, hat slash head.
0: Oh my god, that and was you.
5: It, it was me.
0: <laughs> I uh,
5: Many people have uh, talked about it and, and debated it over the years. And I will, to my dying day, say that I was the one that held Nintendo's feet to the fire and made them say whether this fictional mushroom head man was was wearing a hat or not
2: wow it's in it is not a hat right i mean he wears those earphones uh you don't wear earphones on your hat
5: i'm not really sure of the biology there but he's definitely not wearing a hat for
0: sure. we we did learn about toad gender earlier in history right like they, yeah, they choose the, their own gender or one something? of the
2: producers i believe said that about like why are you a toad and who's a toad dad and he made it sound very much like you you pick if you want to live as a toad or a toadette that's just it's that i believe that's it i it's did very you, progressive do you recall this tristan in the mario yeah history? yes
5: you're, that sounds right they they don't have a, a gender at birth and then they pick their own as they grow
2: wow it's it's very tough yeah i i love a lot of your uh, viral tweets as well especially like for for animation nerds out there i especially love your ones of like ghibli dinner ghibli bedroom or oh, or less yeah,
5: I, have, I have a lot of uh, random threads that are very nice and, and very chill and very aesthetic and then that's mixed in with a lot of just pure garbage just <laughs> just the worst means imaginable so i'm sorry about that
2: well and last year during the uh the 25th anniversary of batman the animated series you had a ton of great pictures and history in there too so i i'm just i'm just a fan of your twitter account as well tristan
0: where can we follow uh, you on twitter by the way that
5: is at tristan a cooper so just imagine uh tristan a cooper a barrel
0: maker those are very common
2: uh well Mm -hmm. so what's your personal history with the simpsons when did you start watching when or did you ever stop watching and what what made you a fan of the show beginning of my story is very similar to
5: a lot of guests i'm sure i started very young um i was instantly entranced i would stay up late at night and like crawl out uh down the the staircase and watch uh, between the banisters as my parents uh, watch past my bedtime. I had trouble watching later on in the like seasons four to five range because my parents instituted the dreaded no TV days rule. Oh my which God. Was no tv on tuesdays and thursdays no video games no fun stuff whatsoever so i think the simpsons was on thursdays or was it
2: tuesdays it was thursdays for a while yeah in the in the golden years it was th- it was thursdays yep
5: so that that put a real damper on on uh, my simpsons watching until syndication hit
0: i i i feel bad for you I, I had two parents who frankly worked way too hard so when they left it's like the tv will raise you <laughs> yes. hang out with the tv don't leave the house
5: my my parents had the opposite went in the opposite direction and eventually they added a third day Wednesday to the no TV day rule and that was well into the internet time we would sneak watching TV all the time you know they would come home and us three kids would be just sitting in the front room conspicuously doing nothing while the TV <laughs> kind of like uh, sparkled with static
0: so did it make you a better person or just fill you with resentment
5: it made me covet TV in a way that I think that is unhealthy and <laughs> I want to blame them for warping me into the internet goblin that I am today
0: oh so it did make you a better person we're
2: all, we're <laughs> yeah, all internet
0: exactly. weirdos here
2: mm-hmm. <laughs> always online never stopping like so what were your some of your favorite episodes and, and what made you pick this one out of uh, the the several possible season seven ones we had on offer
5: um I really love uh, 22 short films mr. Plow was a big favorite. So many of them uh, kind of run together because I forget about uh, the B-plots, especially in in some of these episodes. But uh, the ones that you gave to me, I picked this one because from what I remembered, it taught me an important lesson as a kid in that Lisa at the end, spoilers, decides not to uh, tell the whole town the real truth about Jebediah Springfield. And again, at the time, I, I thought, oh, this is good. Just because I'm right and I know I'm right doesn't mean I have to tell somebody about it. And, you know, I, I don't always follow that rule. Mm-hmm. Uh, but growing up now, I kind of look at it a bit differently. I don't know if Lisa should have told the town or not. Maybe not in that setting to get, you know, sniped.
3: true. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> well, <laughs> I, there,
2: There's quite a moral quandary I have with the end of this episode, too, which I, yeah. I look forward to digging into but later yes later, uh, yeah. and I,
0: I wrote a college paper on this episode it's one of my favorites oh, wow. I, I wrote several papers about the simpsons and video games in college and i have two two degrees for some reason i don't know why they gave them to me <laughs> sure. i just did all
2: the work <laughs> that's all it takes to get through college really this this was one of my favorites too at the time i but i didn't super duper love it but now it's 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 one i go back to today i'm like oh wow this is this is great i especially love Lisa and Homer stuff in it and it it comes at Lisa and Homer from a very
0: different angle than they usually do that's for sure yeah uh, Homer's on board with the plan from the beginning Mm -hmm. but I do want to talk about before we start this is based on real history so Mm -hmm. uh, remember President Zachary Taylor he is one Mm -hmm. of the mediocre presidents (laughs) so he was thought to have died by eating uh, too many cherries and too much ice milk at a party Mm -hmm. um, (laughs) because he was that much of a dandy I guess I don't know So. so later in the 80s I believe a a Florida professor of of some esteem was like no I believe he was poisoned and we have to dig up his body and find out if he was actually given arsenic Mm -hmm. if his milk was laced with arsenic or whatever and it turns out after digging up his body and testing it no, he was killed by cholera. He just had tainted cherries <laughs> uh, and milk because Washington D.C. had open sewers, just like <laughs> shit
2: flowing through the streets. It was <laughs> disgusting everywhere. It's hard to not imagine people were. Well, that that's kind of similar to what. Well, not exactly similar, but what killed Garfield, uh, the, the oh, president yeah. Garfield, getting shot didn't help for sure. But it was mm-hmm. that right after he was shot, they're like, "Well, we got to get this bullet out. Dig, dig, yeah. dig. Here's my unwashed hand in oh, this hole. Oh, me next. Yes, yeah. They are yeah.
0: playing. That's where the game of Operation came from. <laughs> the (laughs) death of garfield (laughs)
2: uh but but they unfortunately had to exhume the body of a president which i don't think had ever been done before it's true and i think they were only able to in my research they were only able to do it because they they uh, the coroner was a there was a coroner who was a relative of taylor Uh. who could give permission Mm -hmm. to do it
5: i read that someone somewhere uh, more recently had a problem with the testing methods and that they think that it really still could be arsenic poisoning. Mm. But, you know, it's, it's probably not. Like, it's probably just cherries.
0: Yeah, I feel like uh, with 1991's computers and science stuff, I feel like we, we have an edge today, and I say, dig that bastard up. <laughs> that cherry-eating
2: bastard. <laughs> well, I still think it's a f- cover-up by the Freemasons. Uh, so that's, that's my belief. <laughs> but, well, uh, the
5: reasoning was supposed to be that uh, they were the South was afraid that uh, uh, Taylor was going to veto slavery expansion. But but Taylor was kind of like kind of iffy on slavery. He was like not totally against it. So I'm not sure how much that holds water.
2: I mean, this is a totally the dorky presidential history type thing that the oh, yeah. that the nerd Harvard nerd writers of the Simpsons at the time were so into. Like they they especially love presidential history. Like I've uh he's not a writer in this season, but Arch Harvard nerd Conan O'Brien. I've heard him on like the um his let's plays that he clearly hates uh, yeah. he'll give somebody crap of like if they know every character in Smash Brothers he's like tell me who the third president is you <laughs> even know that tell me that's
0: amazing but I do believe that Jonathan Collier who wrote this episode is like was like the big history
2: buff on the staff uh, so maybe that's why he was assigned this topic or this uh, this episode and uh, also on the writing side of things it's not just that Jonathan Collier wrote it but two words in this episode come oh, yeah. from big name writers mm. who we interviewed Dan Graney part about this and so the uh, interesting cr- creative silence directed by Mike B Anderson who's just one of the really good season seven directors this is his first episode oh it's his yeah. first. wow he had come up through under David Silverman he and in the early days of The Simpsons in our David Silverman interview if I could uh, advertise another interview he talks up Mike B Anderson and, and also Bob Anderson is some of his like you know best co-workers before they graduated to director
0: yeah Mike Anderson directed uh, David Silverman silverman's first written episode or co-written episode oh correct? yeah, yeah. it's
2: just aired uh, at the end of april april 22nd okay so i guess let's get right into the episode with quite a film strip
4: 1796 a fiercely determined band of pioneers leaves maryland after misinterpreting a passage in the bible their destination new sodom this is their story
7: This is gonna be great! I hope they show the time where they traded guns to the Indians for corn, and then the Indians shot them and took the corn.
0: Began a monster! It's a
4: horrible fiend! It's some sort
0: of land cow!
4: <laughs> Stand back, fellow settlers!
0: I love the new Sodom thing.
2: That's one of my favorite <laughs> that that's the new joke I got this time me too, I never as a kid. The idea that like first off the joke of like okay, so classically in colonial times, like it's the the story of the pilgrims and other fervent religious folks who they came to the new world just to practice their weird version of Christianity. But in this case, the people doing this somehow misread the Bible to know that <laughs> and thought Sodom and Gomorrah were the good places in the Bible <laughs> and they wanted to find found a new one
0: that sounds more mm-hmm. like a Shelbyville idea <laughs>
2: <laughs> I do really like
5: the way that the old film strip is is presented here it's got lots of really nice uh, old grimy scratches there are like cheesy actors like looking right at the camera um, and, and the props are just garbage as well it's perfect. And yeah. At
2: least once like the strip floats around like it gets off center or whatever and, and you see it on the screen too. Yeah
0: they did a lot of post production work to make it look old and shitty mm-hmm. I mean I, I'm old enough to have seen like 8 millimeter films like this in class and like in high school they were still mm-hmm. showing us stuff from the 60s and 70s.
2: I saw some of these like in, in class but I also I was more acquainted with films like this though the 50s were Variety on Mystery Science Theater oh, Two Thousand as yeah. oh, yeah. well. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, though we were more of the boop next slide, boop oh, next yeah. slide, like right, low yeah. tech. <laughs> or the overhead projector, yes, yeah, transparencies uh, and it's so perfect that Troy McClure was the star of this like it's it's a rare Troy appearance where he does not say you may remember me from it's just mm-hmm. him in his 70s we in the 70s like we aren't used to seeing young Troy McClure and stuff either that's right no crow's feet yep it's not it's not him who he looks like a Muppet but his skin is too leathery <laughs> as they would say and and also I saw stuff like this and other oldie times stuff like this but not in the colonial style where I grew up from ages seven to ten i lived in atlanta or in a suburb of atlanta marietta and so they had tons of historical stuff like this because georgia got to have like double historical bullshit like this because first they were one of the original 13 colonies so you get some colonial crap Mm -hmm. but also a major spot in the civil war so you also get civil war and antebellum stuff too which in the years i lived my family lived in atlanta that was when ken burns's civil war documentary documentary started and so it, it, it had never been hotter and busier for docents at civil war museums
0: it's really great to live in california where no one really cares about that crap because no <laughs> one was here yet yeah i mean to be fair people from mexico were here mm-hmm. so i shouldn't say no one was here but americans weren't here we don't celebrate <laughs> yeah
2: bad. yeah I bet if we wanted to we could find like a recreation uh, gold rush town or whatever. Probably. Like we could go to Nevada City in, in California, probably see one of those.
5: I come from uh, I, I grew up in Oregon, so there was a ton of Oregon Trail stuff all mm. over the place, which is around the eighteen fifties and there's like these like very cheesy, like life size wagons set up everywhere and bigger ones you go inside and it kind of I think this era might be a little bit earlier as shown in the film, but it kinda of reminded me of that.
0: Yeah, I mean, kids from the 80s and 90s were basically forced to learn about Oregon and the uh, trail because we just played that game over and over. I don't know we why. We didn't have other games. Yeah, it's like this is the I one thought, thing that's closest to a real video game.
5: I thought we were really special. I thought that we were the only state that that was playing this video game. When I met kids from other states, they were like, oh, you play Oregon Trail. I'm like, what? what? Wait. <laughs> I thought this was our. This is our thing.
2: (laughs) I wish it. I wish Florida had a number munchers. It would have been Florida's number Mm. munchers. (laughs) I also do love frog fractions, right? <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, also I do love the line some type of land cow yeah. like it's so bad and you can see like the little uh,
0: piston on the mechanical bull if you freeze frame at the right yes. time
2: you can and definitely tell this the stuntman from Troy plus the, the 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 boom mic gets in the camera you see at least one of the people has a watch drawn on them like and mm-hmm. the way the wheeled buffalo that he's on just comes yeah. toward them it's all so beautiful
5: you can see the hands pushing it yeah. behind and then the, the extras pushing it just kind of like stare
0: awkwardly it's hard to watch this in 2018 though without thinking of the internet video guy on a buffalo and the movie it comes from buffalo rider which is a it's a riff tracks movie i oh, recommend wow. everyone go out and watch it. it's basically <laughs> a stuntman fighting animals for 90 minutes
2: wow i have not heard of this
5: one <laughs> real real animals real or, animals are, it, are they real animals or are they like cheesy fake animals like in this
0: short oh no they're real animals he can't act but he can fight animals so that's why he
2: was hired <laughs> so yeah buffalo rider look it up wow i have not heard of this the the, the, but also to find out that he killed the buffalo and that that's two jokes i like in this that are about the reversal of actual history one the idea of like oh he tamed a buffalo it's like no the thing with buffaloes is they got murdered every because they were just stupid animals they just got over farmed and killed by everybody he merely shot it and and the joke that in springfield the only time that it was the native americans who double crossed settlers instead of the other way around yeah. springfield <laughs> where they shot like they shot the uh, the springfieldians folks in history it was the indigenous people that were really fucked up by america not the other way around i hate to say line of the episode this early but it's live the longest yeah
4: that's the joke you our fledgling community
7: mr springfield how can i hope to achieve such greatness
4: a noble spirit <laughs> embiggens the smallest man yeah!
0: Springfield and <laughs> biggins hmm. i never heard that
1: word before i moved to springfield i don't know why it's a perfectly cromulent word
0: excellence not to throw our friend Dan Graney under the bus, but I prefer Cromulent because there's not an existing word in it. Mm-hmm. I think Embiggin's mm-hmm. a bit of a cheat, Dan. I'm sorry to say this, but I prefer Cromulent.
2: I'm also on the Cromulent train, yes. I agree. Did Tristan?
5: Uh, I would have to say Cromulent as well. It sounds like a mix between uh, a Star Trek planet and a crouton, so I'm, all, I'm on board.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. So the history is, uh, short version, in the room they were asked to come up with neologisms, aka just a made-up word that sounds like an accurate one for the time and Embiggin was Dan Graney's addition to John Collier's script and he did it first as he pointed out in our interview with him and just this year, 2018, Webster's Dictionary made it officially a word. That's right. Which was probably spurred on in part by the Marvel Comics hero Miss Marvel using that word, and also apparently in science, the sci- science dorks have started using it in some string theory stuff. Apparently. I'm sure they've
0: been using it since 1997.
2: <laughs> yeah. So, but <laughs> is there a-, a difference between enlarge in and invigin? Uh, in Mm. the science world scientifically I'll leave that to the commenters to say I want to feel like embiggening is more of a a
0: metaphorical growth than Mm. an actual physical growth but I have to say this reminds me now that I live in California I grew up and spent 28 years in Ohio it reminds me of all of the dumb Ohio words I've had to force out of my vocabulary (laughs) because if I say them I'll have to like leave the situation like I have successfully uh, I stopped calling soda pop Uh everything is pop in Ohio I'll have a glass of pop can you pick up some pop (laughs) Also for whatever reason, it could just be in my neck of the woods, shopping carts were called buggies. Wow, really I and never heard that. I, I have not dared speak the name of buggies in this state.
5: <laughs> yeah, I grew up with uh, a few weird uh, organisms as you would as well. We, we definitely had pop instead of soda and we also had and something I'm learning that I'm wrong about only like this month is that the game uh, paper rock scissors uh, uh. is actually rock paper scissors. because I say it wrong. I say it around the other way.
2: Oh, I thought it was scissors, paper, rock. Wow, really? It's always been rock, paper, scissors in my life to me.
5: This is blowing my mind right
2: (laughs) now. If I drank more soda, I probably would have had this problem too, but uh, mine was in the South – it's not pop or soda. It is Coke. You that's just right. call everything a Coke. Like, well, I'll get a Coke. And that's why if you're told, like, Pepsi, then people are like, what? Like, you would tell get a friend. Get out. <laughs> you would Coke tell, okay? Yeah. You would tell a friend, like, grab me a Coke. And it just meant whatever soda was in the fridge was the Coke you were getting. And Pepsi is never okay. It really isn't. Never. Normal. But I'm still not a soda drinker, so I, I don't know
4: The Simpsons will be right back.
2: Perhaps you'd like to embiggen your podcast listening. Well, you can do that by signing up at patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons. If you did that, you wouldn't just get to hear every episode of Talking Simpsons a week early and ad-free. You'd also get access to a ton of other extras, including interviews with Simpsons legends like series director David Silverman, creator of the word embiggen Dan Graney, and co-showrunner of this season of The Simpsons, bill oakley you can hear all that at patreon.com slash talking simpsons for just five dollars a month and that would also include access to our patreon exclusive talking futurama where we're going through the entire first season of futurama episode by episode and you can listen to talking critic where we did the same for the simpsons ish spinoff all 23 episodes not to mention tons of other exclusives like our season wrap-ups the entire first season of talking simpsons and so much more. Go check it out today at patreon.com slash talking simpsons. Hear ye, hear ye. Do you enjoy us deconstructing a show but wish we did more cartoons than just The Simpsons? Well then you're in luck because that's what we do every week at What A Cartoon! We take a different episode of a different cartoon series every week and give you a history lesson and deconstruct it line by line in the same Simpsony style. Here's chat about Batman the animated series, Steven Universe, Beavis and Butthead, King of the Hill, Star Wars The Clone Wars, even anime like Kill La Kill! You can listen to the free feed of What A Cartoon on all of your podcast listening devices or if you sign up today at patreon.com slash talking simpsons you'll not only get access to all of our other content but you'll also get every episode of what a cartoon a week early and free in the bargain as well it's a podcast bonanza you simply can't say no to Uh, but yeah, as Grady pointed out humorously, he was very defensive that Cohen jumped on his bandwagon. <laughs> He's like, You couldn't have Cromulant without him biggin'. That was me first, guys. Second comes after first. Yeah. And so, but the reason I love Cromulant is it's such a great word. Like, I just love saying it. It's a, It's a wonderful descriptor. But the thing that pisses me off is like, folks cromulent means valid or acceptable if you if you wanted to say this is wonderful you don't say cromulent if you say something was a cromulent episode of the simpsons then you're saying it's all right you're not or it's acceptable it's a perfectly cromulent episode i i just love the device of saying a
0: fake word is okay by using another fake word yes, it's great. <laughs>
2: that's a beautiful line too yeah and that we get to know that edna moved to town while meanwhile hoover has been there from the beginning she is a native and that she it kind of fits later with her stance on defending Jebediah to Lisa, I think, if that's right. native. And if you think back to
0: Bart's friend falls in love, she tells Samantha Stanky you'll get used to it when she's like, your town smells funny.
2: <laughs> oh, yes, yeah. <laughs> I also like that the, the video works so well that even the bullies are in love with Jebediah, yeah. just like they were in Telltale Head. And Kearney
0: would have to be born in, oh, uh, I don't know, uh, 1970.
2: At least. <laughs> yeah. At, at the very least is that's something too that it clicked for me in this one like oh they say in the beginning it was 1796 to make it 200 years in 1996 right yeah and that 1996 it, that's what puts it very Especially in time too, because you could you could imagine that Kearney is thirty. Like that's pushing the joke, but that's the joke. <laughs> but if he's twenty, if he remembers something from twenty years ago, that's fine. He is now remembering something from forty-two years ago. That's true. So
5: this is before he we see his child, right? Yes, yes
2: that's uh, that's in a Millhouse divided. I believe it's the first time uh, we meet. Okay. I, I sleep in a drawer. Oh, you stole it from me, Henry. Sorry. I love that line so much. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I sleep in a drawer. <laughs> The,
0: that's my listen. That's my audio shit posting. I just did it.
2: No, one, no I have to make the image for that now. Uh, you you've got a couple weeks till this goes <sighs> live. I'm doing it now. I uh, I also when I was a kid, it mystified me the idea of a bicentennial. I didn't know it was such a thing in the 90s. I only knew because there was briefly a time where I collected quarters. Or I, at the very least, was like, oh, this is a quarter from this year. The quarter from this year. And quarter collectors out there will know there were bicentennial quarters for 1976 that had a different back to it.
0: That's true. The only reason I knew about it growing up is my grandma had bicentennial things in her house because Mm. she was alive in the 70s and old enough to enjoy that. And there were like collector's plates and like little eagles and stuff like that. And in
2: 76 America was a deep in need of patriotism after Watergate as Kearney says but it's true they were depressed they needed something for Bicentennial so like yeah 200 years I mean I guess we'll probably live to see the well what the 250 years will be 26 won't it Uh, not 2026 that should be right yeah yeah so I look forward to what will even America be in the President Barron Trump (laughs) 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 no Jared it'll be President Jared oh god I don't (laughs) even know which is worse (laughs) oh so also then the essay assignment There's multiple parts of this episode that is clearly written by geeks for geeks. I loved writing essays in class. That's why I became a writer, because I just loved like time to write an essay. And the award feels so real to me, too. Of Just like, you'll get the honor of having 18 of them kept on file at the library. <laughs> I also like the stakes
0: are so low that 18 of them will win the award. They will be <laughs> accepted into the library. Only two people will not. one of them is Ralph.
2: <laughs> well, Ralph gets an A later, as oh, we recall. So oh maybe gosh. not Ralph. Though I also I love that gag, too, about punishing ralph's non-writing creativity it's the school going like no you can't draw We don't (laughs) accept drawings you have to write this like it's punishing an artist which i love that gag oh so another thing i didn't i noticed for the very first time for some reason in my memory i remembered it was homer sitting at the breakfast table reading the newspaper but he is walking into right. the room reading which i wonder if that was just them being like we got we've done eight million episodes where homer is reading the newspaper and finds a plot point can he at least not be sitting at the table for that they
0: do a little more work with it
5: I really like the headline uh, parade to distract joyless citizenry that is Mar-
0: great marge doesn't get a lot to do in this episode but i do like how she's someone uh, somewhat on board with homer at first and uh, him being into this whole uh, you know being in the parade thing
4: yes Hey, they need volunteers to play old-timey people in the parade. Look, I can be a butter churner, a typhoid carrier, an apprentice. I think I'll be an apprentice, Marge. What kind of apprentice? That's for my master to decide.
7: How about Town Crier? You'd be great at that. You think so? Well, yeah, Dad. You're a big, fat, loudmouth. And you can walk when you have to.
0: Oh, well, if you kids believe in me that much, I'll give it my best shot. Actually, Bart isn't used very much in this episode either. It's very this, light bartage. This might sort. be his only line. I think so. Well, he talks about the oh, yeah. Indians shooting people. And then saying Lisa's dreams are square. Yes. Yeah, but so. it's very a very light peppering of Bart.
2: I like episodes when like either Bart or Homer are forced to the periphery and they just say like little one liners, and it's like, wow, these guys are great. It's just a one liner. They don't have yeah. to carry a whole episode.
0: Bart is kind of like grandpa in this episode in that respect, where he's just he's around to tell a joke and then they go away from him.
5: It says a lot about the strength of Lisa as a character and that some people,
2: you know, are, aren't too fond of Lisa in Marge
5: episodes, but she really carries the, the whole thing uh, kind of on her own.
2: It's a really different, you don't get this in most episodes of a Lisa A plot and a Homer B plot. Like, that's not usually the combo of characters.
0: Yeah, and the plot. I like
2: how nicely the plots
0: intertwine. They eventually become the same thing.
2: They intertwine perfectly. Like, and that Homer, I love Homer taking Bart's insult as a compliment. Like, aw. (laughs) It's always nice when Homer doesn't understand he is being insulted. And so then we head to the museum where the great sign gag, where the dead come alive, metaphorically speaking.
0: And there is no real internet at this time so Lisa has to go to a museum to <laughs> yes. write a report.
2: And uh, before I play the next clip, it's time to premiere a new jingle for the uh, show. I'm looking forward to this. So, uh quick a quick intro to this we've had uh, some more unfortunately timed <laughs> passings away of people at the time we, of this recording yeah barbara bush passed away right uh, the same week as we published two bad neighbors and then arlie ermie passed away within a couple weeks of uh Bob sideshow bob's last gleaming so whenever we record from now on when we record an episode and the actor is still alive though they're old then we are going to play this jingle <laughs> ain't dead yet.
0: I love it. I must I must add to that Henry. Uh we do have dark powers and you must respect us and you must you must give us more money because we don't know what we'll do with these dark powers. It's true. We don't decide who dies. They just die. So don't make us mad is what I'm saying.
2: You gotta be I'm a little
5: worried that this might make it more likely to kill the guest stars uh, and less
2: likely.
0: Donald Sutherland, you better hang in there, oh, you geez. bastard. <laughs>
2: Uh, uh, but yes, Donald Sutherland is the guest here as Hurlbutt, which is such a great name that they'd never make a joke about. It's just that's everyone just accepts like your name is Hurlbut. It reminds me of Mayor Poop and Meyer. That's right. Futurama. <laughs> uh, but yes, let's let's hear the wonderful voice of Donald Sutherland.
6: Dangerous river crossing threatened life and limb, but helped our founding fathers save on bridge toll.
2: <laughs> Excuse me. I
6: didn't mean to startle you, but... I do love to talk Jebediah, even when I'm drinking my chicory. I'm the curator, Hollis Hurlbutt.
7: Hi, I'm Lisa Simpson. I'm here to research a report on Jebediah.
6: Oh, you're in for a treat. You know, some historians consider Jebediah Springfield a minor patriot, but I think you'll find he's easily the equal of William
0: Dawes or even Samuel Otis. I really love this character a lot because I think it's a very well-observed other side of the coin to Seymour Skinner in that he is a bachelor. He is a very tweety bachelor, but he has a very set schedule and his life is in order. And I like the fact that he drinks chicory because coffee would be too intense for him. (laughs) and he eats microwave johnny cakes he's a very simple man but he knows what he likes
2: he loves that era of time he loves sharing it with people but also he just has a very small world he takes care of and i love that and he's he's just so nice he's just so nice and he loves sharing that with a fellow nerd like lisa he's just so excited like i love later when she arrives with homer he's like Lisa, and you brought a friend. Yes. Like he's just so excited. It's just so nice.
5: You can tell he's listened to those recordings over and over and over again because he, <laughs> as he starts to creep on Lisa while she's listening to it, he starts to mouth the words behind her. I thought it was really nice. Yeah. that's right. Yeah, yeah that's...
0: I, I like the design of the uh, the museum because I think it's just like an old house or something like mm-hmm. that. It's like it's very, it's kind of dark inside, but it's
2: not creepy. I remembered it is bigger before yeah. watching this episode. I was like, oh yeah, it's a museum, but I think I just got it mixed up with. I went to at least like I think Atlanta had a natural history museum or Florida, they had one like this that had those specifically the dioramas with the speaker right inside of the diorama and you press a button and it starts talking. I I definitely had been to that. And there's something i love about those they're just they're they're special and stupid and old and in today you don't need them no no they're beautiful i i find their beauty in them the shield of jebediah with his saying would define the town and the character from then on even to the point that in the hd opening it's always there they put it on the jebediah statue it was not on a statue previous to this episode obviously because this quote didn't exist that's right but but that's some discontinuity there
5: (laughs) they have some really nice little background touches you can see it for a few frames the portrait i think of the painting of like an old school auto like carting kids to school there's uh, an old silhouette of what looks like a bouvier a march style and i think professor frank doing a, a benjamin franklin with the kite and the, and the lightning
0: yeah you can barely see those you literally need a freeze frame but someone spent a lot of time making those great paintings
2: you get a slightly better look at them when lisa returns to show him the fight about that you, you get a night a longer pause on that but i also just want to say i love donald sutherland who oh, yeah at, at the time of recording Is still alive still <laughs> alive and still with us 82 years young i i wish him nothing but the best and that he he's amazing kind of in everything and he has such beautiful unique cadence like he's he was a big star in the 70s which for 70s kids like the right Of this episode were they would have known him in in the classics like MASH or Mm. Clute. Invasion mm-hmm. of the Body Snatchers. Invasion of the Body Snatchers, which he's still kids know him for today because that's the meme. He's oh, yeah. in Invasion of the Body Snatchers, that's Donald Sutherland <laughs> pointing with his mouth unfurled. I came to love him even in bad trash, like <laughs> the nineteen ninety-six action movie Hollow Point, which I don't think anyone has seen and does does not need to see.
0: I have not seen it. I have a question though about Jebediah Springfield. So he has not made too many appearances in The Simpsons. So he mm-hmm. was in the Telltale Head in season one and the Shelbyville episode in season six. Mm-hmm. And this episode, did we
2: miss any other appearances? No, not that I'm aware- not that I think of either and when I looked at his wiki page on the Simpsons wiki, his other appearances for episodes were all listed as statue. They all said statue yeah. next to them not in flashback. So, this might be the last appearance of Springfield actually, Hans Sprungfeld actually saying stuff. That's true, because this episode spoilers,
0: it destroys Jebediah Springfield. I don't <laughs> think they use him uh, after this, and I, I really hope they don't. I hope they didn't is forget he, about this.
5: Is he not in Lemon of Troy?
0: That's
2: before yeah, this one. I just forgot the name oh, of the episode. Is. Yeah. Okay. In Lemon of Troy from season 6, he is in there, and also in this version of the founding of Springfield, Shelbyville Manhattan is not mentioned, but I guess you have to assume that the Buffalo thing happened after shelbyville manhattan split off from them Mm -hmm. or he's just in the background or the people who made that movie were just like well this the shelbyville history is a dirty one we don't want to include that in our historical retelling
0: what we hear of, of the history in lemon of troy is very different than the founding of new son like we live a life of chastity and eating root marm <laughs> but you know
2: abe simpson is an unreliable narrator <laughs> it's true so i forgot Abe um, was telling that you can't you can't totally count on that <laughs> though his story about attractive cousins from that is proven true by a statue in shelbyville oh so you're right at least that part of of uh abe's story is true and just i guess so we mentioned it william dawes samuel otis the guys who are equal patriots to springfield who were they oh I can say
0: one of them if you well, want
2: okay you do William Dawes I call Samuel okay Otis. William
0: Dawes he got <laughs> screwed by Paul Revere actually he was one of the main alarm riders of the Revolutionary War and uh, he was basically overwritten in history by the famous poem the uh, sorry Paul Revere's ride which you might have heard at some point in your life I don't think kids hear it anymore but that that poem is a conglomeration of many writers, but I believe Dawes was one of the most important ones of that event mm-hmm. uh, of the Revolutionary War
2: and Samuel Otis was a really lesser guy of the- the constitutional congress and the early government post-revolutionary war i think his highest claim to fame is that he was the first secretary of the u.s senate Mm -hmm. he was a a massachusetts representative so that is samuel otis just dude you pull out the back of a book of like well these are very unremarkable revolutionaries by comparison and now they know who they are we ruined the joke (laughs) (laughs) as as kids i was definitely when in our childhoods definitely i was taught revolutionary war history though that's, oh, yeah. that's been a question uh, every time school books for kids gets brought up in in the news it's like there's definitely a battle over the portrayal of the founding fathers kind of like this episode of like well do you just give the the story your parents grew up with of just like well george washington did this he's the most important guy ever thomas jefferson John Adams, Ben and Franklin, do you just talk about the Disney version of the Founding Fathers? Or do you talk about their flaws? Do you talk about slave ownership, for instance? And and things like that. And it's I it's a difficult question of America how America wants to remember itself. And that uh, goes straight down to how you want to first tell children about the revolutionary war and the founding of America. I, I'm more on the side of like warts and all on that. I think yeah. especially kids, I mean, I guess kids can't really understand all of it at the start. That's, that's but... the real
0: problem though. Like all of these major events in history happen in a way more barbaric time. I mean, yes. things are still pretty barbaric now, but I feel like you have to sort of give a storybook version to kids at first because of this, the horror of the men- Many wars (laughs) that happened is just like indescribable. If you really want to get into it, it's just like it's not, it's not pretty.
2: Yeah, and also if I'm a teacher who doesn't have a lot of assets and, and resources to teach things, I'll show my kids the Disney version of Johnny Tremaine and just be like, "Yep, that was a that was a Revolutionary War. Don't need to know more stuff than that." Like, and you can just count on old, old, old stories of the of the revolutionary war like that i wonder how much today kids are being taught about it and how i know that that is a that is a political battleground of many in today's age there were i don't know if you've seen
5: these screenshots of like newer textbooks that gloss over slavery in like in a way that is almost song of the southian in in how how much it it paints it as like a non-issue it's kind of disheartening
2: yeah that they have to say like well you know some did treat their uh, slaves poorly others treated them well and gave them food and not all of them worked in the field it's just this weird dressing up of things and it's a central question to how you portray slavery in the history books because i think the innocent way to look at it is that people especially i say this as somebody you grew up in the south that let's say you're not racist okay Mm -hmm. but you you also don't <laughs> hold want... on a second, Egghead. Okay, <laughs> uh, but you also don't want your ancestors to have fought and maybe died. To defend the institution of slavery—that is a morally horrible thing to have to deal with in your history. So isn't this like Confederate History Day or something like that? Literally today, today yeah. oh, really? It's yeah. one yeah. of those yeah. made-up holidays. Well, the history is that you guys fucking defended slavery. Like that's that's the history. I mean, that not everyone in the South owned slaves is actually like you had to be rich to own one. Well, not rich, but you needed more money than a regular person. But it's like there's there's no defending it. Like I I was born born. born in Arkansas, a confederate state and moved to georgia and then florida which wasn't a confederate state but may as well i mean it wasn't it was friendly to it and it's just there's there's no defending that i'm sorry like you kind of it's it's something america has oh, to deal with we're gonna and. lose our pro-slavery <laughs> listeners <laughs> it was a complicated time guys. it was the style at the time yes. yeah that that stance too really bugs me Of just like well, it was what was accepted it's like yes there was certainly no abolitionist movement in the 1800s nobody they just all accepted it like yeah <laughs> anyway happier things to talk about being a town crier har
1: ye har ye i declare myself pickled tank about springfield's bass okay. and
4: sidely tight and tin tennial day you saw diddly yuck flanders give me that hear ye hear ye ye old town crier proclaimed crappy by all Jesus! Homer Simpson!
1: And he shalt rock thy world!
4: Good. Oh, God, he is fabulous. Mm, he's embiggened that role with his crumulent performance. Top-notch crying, I admit. But the hat and bell belong to Flanders, so no dice. Oh, they're just family heirlooms. That
1: shouldn't stand in the way of Homer taking my job. Nice <laughs> chat, more
4: hat. Let's hat. Woohoo! Hear ye, hear ye! The Homer Broadcasting System is on the air! All hollering, all the time! I'm gonna make You th- ought to restrict your crying mm-hmm. to the parade and selected pre-approved publicity events. Huh.
0: Okay. I I like this a lot because in season 7 and 8 Oakley and Weinstein the showrunners wanted to soften Homer a bit and I feel like this is one of the ways they do it in that he is likable to other people for certain skills (laughs) most of them being loud but like they're not they're not repelled by Homer or says that he smells bad or he's he's going to eat them or whatever they're like this guy's doing a great job (laughs) there's still a
2: joke about him smelling bad oh you're right or at least (laughs) that he messes up he he does something to that hat the hat needs to be cleaned after Homer has it I guess they can't (laughs) escape that but
0: still, uh, Wiggum admires him.
2: Yeah, that he's Homer's at least good at something, and yeah, he he. And also poor Ned, but it's perfect Ned of just like, well, you can just have my job. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> just less chat, more hat should be the name of this podcast. Uh-huh. I think that's a good nickname. Uh, and and I also just love how they draw the how many people have colonial style get-ups in the line oh, yeah. to get it for the tryouts. I love that too. And- I
5: will say that Skinner uses the word cromulent wrong here because he says he embiggened it with his cromulent performance, which means mm. that like he made it better with a mm. so-so performance. Oh, right?
0: that's true. Maybe uh, Ned's was less than adequate and Homer's was adequate. I feel like Cromulant
2: okay. is just adequate. Yeah, he, maybe. It's though, like baseline. Though it does seem to be more of... He's giving Homer more of a comp- compliment than just adequate, it would sound like. Mm-hmm. But I'm standing by... I feel like David Cohen has said it means valid or adequate. Mm. not So, uh, it, yeah, I'm going to go side with the interpretation that Skinner misused the word. <laughs> Adding more <laughs> confusion. Uh, so we head back to oldie-time Springfield stuff and we get to hear about his hatchet his fife and his chamber pot which uh, that he just kind of skipped over why save that uh, well, i guess it was anything he touched you know that was that's a joke lost to time that i only know because they they made it a plot on the Super Mario Brothers Super Show, but the George Washington has slept here thing oh, that, yeah. that would be used for tourist traps. <laughs> that's I think it's kind of in that similar vein. Did he
0: just get around a lot or what?
2: <laughs> I think it was just a thing in the new in the uh, East Coast area you would just say yeah. like George Washington slept here or or at the very least it was a plot on shows like Rhoda or whatever. Mm. Just like my my family says he slept here. We should sell this old place.
0: And we get the delicious microwave Johnny cakes. In mm. case you don't know what Johnny cakes are, they are just uh, uh, cornmeal pancakes. Yes. that's all yeah. they are.
2: Though I, I saw in searching the internet, there's some even more uh, creative ways people have been making Johnny cakes. So
0: I do prefer cornmeal to like regular like whatever dough or well, I guess regular flour pancakes. Yeah, need, yeah I suppose. Yeah.
2: I, I I prefer the standard flour pancakes. Gotta, I'm boring like that. I
0: gotta say, people cornmeal bread pizza. I will get attacked on the internet, but it's good.
2: <laughs> it is good. It's not my favorite. I, uh, it is good. I do like it. I mean, uh, well, it's it's used a lot in um, Chicago style pizza. I think so, yeah. yeah. And
0: that's pizza. I will not <laughs> accept is. any arguments. It's pizza.
2: <laughs> All pizza's good. Uh, and then
5: All pizzas are beautiful. I get it. I agree. Totally.
2: Uh, but then Lisa makes the discovery of the century. The secret
7: confessions of Jebediah Springfield? Know ye who read this, there is more to my life than history records.
4: Firstly, I did not tame the legendary buffalo. It was already tame, I merely shot it. <laughs> Secondly, I have not always been known as Jebediah Springfield. Until 1796, I was Hans Sprungfeld, murderous pirate. And the half-wits of this town will never learn the truth. Ha, 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 ha!
7: <laughs> oh my God! Our town hero is a fraud. I write this confession so that my infamy will live on long after my body has succumbed to my infectious diphtheria. Ew!
0: You really get wacky, cartoony animation with Lisa, but that act break like I've heard—just like wha- wiping her tongue off with both <laughs> hands and spit flying everywhere—is really fun. It's fun, though.
2: Yeah. No. Then don't worry, folks. One diphtheria would not last that long That's in open true. air, and then second, at the very least, as an American child, Lisa was likely vaccinated for diphtheria as well. So I assume it's one of those diseases we kind of wiped out, <laughs> uh, at least in the first world. Yeah. Yes, yeah, it's it's gone. And that I though wonder if Hurlbut discovered this before and had hidden it already. Mm. Like it's it, it's it's just. That's the joke, but who wouldn't have looked inside of a fife at one point in 200 years? He
0: definitely would have. I have to say, uh, like, Jebediah Springfield was not a sacred cow in terms of the show itself, not within the show, but in terms of the show itself. No one would have really cared uh, had they done this, and they did do it. Mm. But I thought it was pretty brave to just be like, no, this character that is based, that is part of the show's lore is a fraud. And I noticed that in these seasons of uh, Oakley and Weinstein, they did it a few times, so like... Uh, Jebediah Springfield's a fraud. Uh, Chester J. Lampwick is actually the creator of Ren, uh, not Ren and Stimpy, sorry, Itchy and Scratchy, and also mm-hmm. Seymour Skinner's a fraud. So mm-hmm. they uh, we talked to, the, to Bill Oakley about this in our first interview, I believe, and he was like, we weren't trying to break the show. We just didn't <laughs> think the show was going to be on for much longer. We wanted to try every idea that we wanted to do, which I thought, like, that is very brave. Like, He's yeah.
2: definitely defensive on that breaking the show thing just because he's especially about principal and the Popper, i think you yeah. probably had to hear that quite a lot that we'll that get
0: to it and uh some, it's coming i can't wait
2: mm-hmm. there's something you can really feel in these scenes like in this next one too the scenes between lisa and donald sutherland they say on the commentary that they recorded uh donald sutherland and yardley smith together yeah they did so you can feel a lot more interplay between them it's it's just you can you can tell it's something you notice when it's not there when they're not when it's somebody's just like well this baseball player was in town so we just recorded with him it mm-hmm. doesn't feel you can tell jose canseco wasn't in the same room as somebody <laughs> but hey. uh, but yeah oh sorry here's the line
6: here's johnny cakes huh. is everything okay You look a bit flushed.
7: Oh, it's just the excitement of studying Jebediah.
6: Sounds like you've come down with a serious case of (laughs) Jebeditis.
7: Just when I was getting over my Chester A. arthritis.
6: (laughs) (laughs) Did you
2: have arthritis?
7: (laughs) Um, no.
0: And that, that was an ad-lib by Donald Sutherland. The You Have Arthritis was an ad-lib. Uh, and yeah.
2: Lisa's, Lisa's like, uh, no. I think
0: uh, that is a very uh, hashtag relatable moment in that you are joking around with somebody on very different wavelengths. And like they don't really they don't really mesh up that well.
2: When you're trying to joke back with a the joke they gave you. Yeah. So once Lisa finds this out and does some extra digging and sees that uh, Hans Sprungfeld was a real person and existed in time... Then Lisa transforms into... What I definitely was at one point, the the annoying kid at the dinner table, saying like, "Well, actually, did you know I, this about the original pilgrims?" Huh? Maybe maybe it's because
0: I found drugs or something, but uh, I was one of these insufferable logic lords at one point in my life too. <laughs> and eventually, I learned that being liked is more important than being right, which is a big part of the end of this episode, I guess. <laughs> yeah. But I I'm just happy that I'm not currently like uh, listening to Ben Shapiro right now.
2: <laughs> oh God, Jesus! Oh no! Uh, but uh, I mean, Tristan, were you this uh, as well, in high school, or when you started learning uh, the the truth yeah. about history?
5: Oh, definitely. And I I was that way about. Uh, I was I was looking through my old Facebook posts recently because they had that big Twitter thread of like, here's how to download all the things that Facebook knows about you, and they have all your messages, all your phone calls, etc. So uh, through that, I was looking through my old messages, and it was just a lot of posts of me going, "Hey, um, this here's here's the end of this conversation that we had earlier." posting on your wall here's the thing I was right I was right (laughs) getting increasingly sadder and like annoyed replies I'm thinking like oh oh okay uh That I, you know, I that the episode had come out ten years before I had sent those messages, but I hadn't really gotten that that uh, lesson
3: uh, <laughs> yeah. in me quite yet.
2: No, I I was like that too. I almost, I basically stopped talking to one friend in middle school because I was very insistent, <laughs> and I and I was right, <laughs> but I was very insistent that. The Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles original film was a New Line Cinema release. And he's like, no, it was F-H-E. That was the first logo on the VHS. I was like, yes, that's who put out the VHS. But the film was made by New Line Cinema. He's like... Fuck you! And then one day, the next day, I went over to his house with a VHS copy. Oh my god! It, oh no! And it said like, and turned to the back and like, see, copyright. do You see, the copyright is here. And unsurprisingly, that didn't make us friends again. Me pointing that, that out. That
0: is fun. I mean, uh, so Lisa is doing this for like, I think, good reasons. But yes. you can see how this sort of uh, mindset is very appealing to a young nerd, where it's like, mm-hmm. well. It's hard to make friends. I'm not good at sports. I'm not very charismatic. I probably won't date anyone, but I can always be right about things, and that will be my thing. Yeah, And dear God, I was insufferable.
2: There's a great gag about it, too, in this type of thing in Rick and Morty, in Rick and Morty Season 1, when he has to start raising that alien child that he created. Oh, yeah, yeah. Where he he quickly goes through adolescence when he becomes a teenager he runs out through the streets and he goes like the original pilgrims killed the Indians and Jesus wasn't born <laughs> on Christmas Day blah and it's just it's all the things you immediately say at once as a teenager like Did you know this is everything bullshit man and this is all
0: what uh, Kanye West is currently tweeting
2: yes it's oh, no! Uh, hey you don't know where Kanye is at by the time people hear this episode <laughs> that's true oh, uh, play the hurry up <laughs> but, uh, but the Lisa's discovery is more innocent. She just Lisa has a natural inquisitiveness, but this is what happens when you start learning history that is not the accepted patriotic yeah. history. I or. mean, the fact that there is a photo of Hans Sprungfeld and it's a very
0: easy mystery to solve. You don't need to be Encyclopedia Brown to put the yes. pieces together. Like somebody yeah, yeah. should have found this out before.
2: Uh, but here's part one of the Hans Sprungfeld truth. Hear ye, hear ye! What's for breakfast? Toast! I don't understand That's... the
4: Mar. <laughs> The old toast! <laughs>
7: <laughs> what would you say if I told you the Jebediah Springfield wasn't as great as he's cracked up to be? Look, Jebediah was really a vicious pirate named Hans Sprungfeld. His tongue was bitten off by a Turk in a grog house fight.
4: No <laughs> tongue, eh? How did he talk uh, and eat and laugh and love?
7: He had a prosthetic tongue made out of silver.
4: Yes. Did it do he
7: was one of the evilest <laughs> men of the 1780s he even tried to kill George Washington
4: the dastard
0: <laughs>
2: the dastard I love dastard I love grog house fights that's a great line too yeah,
0: I just love the idea of getting your tongue bitten off by a Turk in a yes. grog house it sets a very like vivid scene it
2: does. yeah it does and the idea of a silver tongue to go with Washington's wooden teeth oh yeah which are mm-hmm. real in this reality yeah like they really were and the uh, so then they cut to the famous unfinished portrait of Washington being done by Gilbert Stewart. That's the man who did it, and yeah, I love that Hans's arrival is like, "Give me all your money!" Like he doesn't. There's no political reason he is attacking George Washington. He just wants to rob him, <laughs> and he jumps to the window wearing a pirate hat. <laughs> yeah, it's so beautiful, God, And uh, then they said that they intentionally animated the fight to be like the final battle at the end of the first Lethal Weapon.
0: Okay, wow. The
2: battle between Mel Gibson and Gary Busey, back when they were both not crazy.
0: I can tell you more about this famous uh, portrait, though, by uh, what Gilbert uh, Gilbert Stewart. It was painted in 1796, although this episode said it was painted in 1781. Mm. And uh, I don't think there was a reason it went unfinished, but he went on to base 100 uh, Portraits of Washington off of that. He kept it, and he, based, oh. uh, he sold Portraits of Washington based on that original... A portrait that he painted while Washington was sitting across from him so yeah wow. yeah
5: and that's that's basically the most famous type of painting of, of Washington it's more or less what you see in the dollar bill today yeah right?
0: it was modified uh to be on the one dollar bill I think they flipped the way he was he was uh facing but a version mm. of that um
2: a version of that Washington is on our money now <laughs> and then we get a great wooden teeth to the balls joke I feel like on a lesser show or in later Simpsons they would have just drawn the teeth on the balls but they just let the implementation yeah like you you just imagine it you know in a more painful way than it would have looked if they just drew it. what you imagine is worse and is yeah. he barefoot in this scene uh no or only in Lisa's dream he's I think barefoot in Lisa's dream okay. yeah because well because he has to for the ninja choke he puts on oh, in the yeah dream, but not <laughs> out of this one their their battle is interrupted by the arrival of betsy ross
4: i got the white stars you wanted but i couldn't find any red hearts yellow moons or green clovers well i'll use it but i'm not paying for it <laughs> the
7: next time hans sprungfeld was seen he had changed his name to jebediah springfield lisa honey.
1: When my family first came to this state, they had a choice of living in Springfield or Stenchburg. You know why they chose Springfield? Because everyone knows Jebediah Springfield was a true American hero. End of story.
4: Hmm. I believe you, honey. You do? Of course I do. You're always right about this type of thing, and for once, I want in on the ground
0: floor.
7: Oh, thanks, Dad.
0: The show can only be so long, but I kind of wanted to see more of Marge butting heads with Homer and Lisa. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is a longer show. In fact, they just there's no chalkboard gag. Uh, yeah. In this one, they just cut right to the mm-hmm. house in the beginning. So, yeah, it's a long episode to begin with. Marge's
2: defensive history is just a nice little first moment of the resistance Lisa's going yeah. to see. It's... I mean, she gets
0: she gets enough, I guess, more from Marge would be kind of even more painful to see. <laughs> yes, yeah. To get it from her mom, of
2: all people.
5: Well, she was, uh, you know, her family is in the
0: museum, so maybe
5: she feels uh, a strong connection to Springfield.
2: Uh, she does think Springfield is a part of us all, a part of us all, That's true. a part of us all. She's a Springfield patriot. She she is. So she is the type of person, like most people in Springfield, who they don't want to hear an uncomfortable, provable truth about their <laughs> founding father. They're just mm-hmm. like, no, nah, I don't want to know this. Like, uh, And it's it's a really sweet moment between Homer and Lisa, but also to fit with season seven and eight, it's a very meta moment. Homer has been through enough episodes now where he has been at odds with Lisa that he's like... I should have learned by now that even if I don't actually believe you, you're always right, so I'm just going to take your side <laughs> now instead of learning a lesson at the end.
0: That is great. It's, it's sweet, but it's also very, very smart in, in the same Yeah, way.
2: it's it's a more clever Homer than we're used to seeing at this point.
5: It's yeah, so much nicer Homer, and I, I've been watching a lot of these old episodes uh, with my wife, and I have to be very choosy and selective with what ones I watch because... Uh, what do you know, in this current climate, she's not super happy about watching uh, a man be a total asshole to his friends and family <laughs> and get away with it. Yeah. Um, and so we watched this one, and she was like, oh, actually, Homer wasn't a total dick to everyone he loved
0: in this one. He's really
2: only a dick to Flanders, who has no problem with it, apparently. With <laughs> the Flanders' ability to just take it on the chin, he's like, eh, okay, but yeah. yeah. Unlike season five and six, Homer is a fun Homer, but it is also like... The biggest asshole in the world, and he just always gets away with it. He's ready to give a noggin a floggin. Uh, but yes, now Lisa, uh, Lisa innocently gives her report in, and she gets a worse grade than Ralph for the first time ever.
1: Ralph, A. Janie, A. And Lisa. For your <clears throat> essay, Jebediah Springfield, Super Fraud, F. But it's all true. Ugh, this is nothing but dead white mail bashing from a PC thug. It's women like you who keep the rest of us from landing a husband.
0: Ooh. Ouch. I've been called some variant of uh, PC Thug. Oh, yeah, And it never yeah. feels good.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I wish, I kind of wish PC Thug was the parlance instead of, Social justice warrior, which is the word I hate that yeah, term so I, I, much. Yeah, I guess it has changed. In, yeah, uh, wouldn't in the PC past. thug be better? If, I don't know. I do like about this
5: this scene that for some reason Miss Hoover is calling out everyone's grades yeah. one by one, probably specifically to stick it to Lisa, because otherwise mm-hmm. nobody really does that.
0: It feels like even if, Ra- if, if Ralph could get an A on this, is just busy work. Like yeah. just write sentences <laughs> about this guy. I don't care. Eighteen of these will be good enough to be saved forever. <laughs>
2: if you love the town, then you get an A, and. lisa's attack like a pc thug this is this is what people got called for in in the 90s and also now if you point out that like bad things about a historical figure that people are just like why you got to destroy this person you know you got to take the good with the bad like they're inspirational figures any of that stuff like if you bring up the trail of tears you're just like why are you trying to just bring it down man come
0: on yeah, I mean there's lots of talk in academia about this and I spent a long time there mm-hmm. and uh, I'm sure it was happening before I was there but at the time I'm a literature major a literature, a student of literature if you will mm-hmm. and it was still like, oh yeah 99.9% of the books you read are written by straight white men mm-hmm. and um, it, I mean there there are some historical reasons for that but also like we could read different books and there was a lot of push and pull about that. I was like, well we cannot have we can't not read Aristotle. <laughs> we can't not read this. We can't not read that. It's like, well maybe we can read different things too.
2: I think you're okay with that Aristotle. Yeah, at some, at a you're, you're fine. Read the Cliff's Notes. He's boring. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, he was. Was he the one who was the most gay of them, or was? Uh, uh, or was that Plato?
0: I don't remember. One of them is made oh. up, though. Uh,
2: okay. <laughs> Which one is Socrates? That, that's the number one. That's yeah. the first. Mm-hmm. I remember mm-hmm. the mnemonic device I was given in school was SPA. So Socrates, Plato, Aristotle. That's the order it goes in. SPA. But then also, Lisa's just this poor little eight-year-old who then her teacher's just yeah. like, dear PC. Lisa could have got a viral story just out of that. Like, <laughs> just a note of PC Thug on her story. She hands that to uh, Lisa. Uh, she Lisa hands that to Marge or Homer. They, they got a top ranked twitter tweet oh, right for there sure.
0: or like a reddit mega post but yeah we don't really learn a lot about
2: miss hoover and her time on the show but <laughs> and then we
0: i guess we do learn now she's like a jaded uh a, a right right person right ring person well she
2: definitely is mad at the feminist movement for yeah. making it hard for her to get a husband that's uh, she's got some anger there that for sure. is that
0: is something i've heard that i dislike uh, uh from uh from some women i like i haven't heard this since i was like in ohio but there were some women who were mad at feminism because they were like now I have to get a job and go to school just like well I don't want to argue with a woman about why you're wrong but there are many things you're overlooking that you can do now
2: perhaps perhaps. yeah what I'm saying
0: is women be right about things
2: be as right as a man about feminism no the uh uh it's a real touching scene where lisa is crying over being called the pc thug and being rejected when all she wanted to be was right she's like but i'm just telling you the history i found by researching it yeah and and homer misunderstanding and his greasy thug (laughs) when most of his plans involve grease and violence (laughs) homer is a greasy thug Like, the plan involves uh, greasing yourself up first. Yeah, greasing yourself up real good. When I think of greasing yourself up for a fight, it reminds me of uh, the show Deadwood. Oh, yeah. There's a great, like, grizzly and quite realistic street fight in the show between Dan and the the assistant of uh, Major Dad in it. And before (laughs) the fight... They both grease themselves up real good to make it hard to grab them in the grappling. No
0: baseball bats, though. Yes, Baseball having been invented
2: the previous summer. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But so Homer, Homer vows. I love Homer could have turned on her just like everybody else. But he he believes her and is supporting her so much that he's going to go with her to talk to Hurlbut and get that fife.
7: Hi, Mr. Hurlbut.
6: Oh,
2: you're back.
4: And you brought a friend. Town Crier, I'd like to ask you a few questions. One, where's the fife? And two, give me the fife. Yeah.
6: Hey, stop! I've got nothing but respect for the office of Town Crier, but this is well outside your jurisdiction.
4: Oh, yeah? Well, put this in your fife and smoke it. <gasps> yeah. What the?
7: That's Jebediah's secret confession. It proves you as a fraud.
6: secret confessions of Jebediah Springfield, know ye who read them. Oh, I think, Lisa, that you've been taken in by an obvious forgery. Unfortunately, historical research is plagued by this sort of hoax. This, the so-called confession is just as phony as the Howard Hughes will, the Hitler Diaries, or the Emancipation Retraction. <laughs> <laughs>
7: but it explains why there's no record of Jebediah before 1795. He was Hans Springfield until then.
6: That's preposterous. Now... Get out! You're banned from this historical society. You and your children and your children's children.
2: For three months.
0: I thought that <laughs> was the act break, but it's not. But it's mm. a good act break if they were going to redo this edit.
2: Yeah, I if they needed a fourth commercial break, that's a yeah. good space to put it. But the for three months, like that shows, Hurlbut's not a bad guy. And he's, he's... also
0: lonely. <laughs> uh, also, yeah. You know what? I like
2: that lonely reading. Instead yeah. of, he's he's not sad. He's being too harsh to so Lisa. He's like, oh, I'm so lonely. I have uh, some info, though, on
0: the other famous frauds he mentioned. Yes. Uh, so the Howard Hughes will, I read up on this. It's pretty interesting in that uh, after Howard Hughes died, someone dropped his will off, like, randomly at some Mormon church. And one of the 16 people named in that will was this gas station attendant in Las Vegas, apparently he was out doing something. He saw what he thought was a bum at the side of the road. He gave him some money and some food and drove him back to Las Vegas. It turned out to be Howard Hughes. Now, everyone, wow. thought, everyone thought he was lying to get the Howard Hughes money and that he possibly forged a will. But after all these years have passed, it turns out that he he's probably right about this. Like <gasps> there, There's a record of Howard Hughes like leaving and wandering at a certain point when they could have conceivably met wow. up. And he, they could have like... Had this I, transaction. I mean,
2: Howard Hughes, you know, famously had uh, undiagnosed mental problems at the time, so I could obviously, yeah. I could totally see him just tooling, despite being a very rich, one of the richest men in the world, just tooling around like a homeless man. And like, man, now I feel even worse for that poor guy. Everybody. He helped him, and not only was he called a liar and a hoax, like, he was ripped off a of million.
0: It said it basically ruined his life. He had to, uh, like, move around the country. But, yes, so I recommend, again, the book Citizen Hughes. It's written by the same guy who wrote The Bible Code. Don't hold that against him. It's okay, a very okay. good biography of uh, Howard Hughes's last days. And the, the Hitler Diaries were a fraudulent series of... Diary supposedly by Hitler, uh, basically written by two German journalists mm. and released in like multiple volumes. They were found to be a hoax in the 80s. So oh, okay. um, that's what that's about.
2: But Emancipation Retraction, not even slightly real. In the rule of threes, <laughs> that's the funniest one. Yes. The last one makes it the fake one. <laughs> I also, I subscribe to the belief that Butt knows that that is, oh, yeah. he knows it's real. You don't
5: uh, pick it up in on, you know, but uh, when she says Hans Sprungfeld, he kind of wretches. He doesn't look at her, but he kind of mm. like seizes up a little bit because he knows
2: for mm. sure. Well, I mean, you'd have to, just seeing a picture of Hans Sprungfeld in a history book tells you he's real. Like, this is the real deal. So then we head to the copy place, which... I gotta say, they did their best to make copies uh, a copy place funny, like a, I, the copy jalopy, as it's called.
0: I do like the sign joke, and I don't know if I read it before. I don't remember it, but no. the, the sign joke is: we tried to make copying fun. <laughs> yeah,
2: that does sound like the writers saying, yeah. like, "Look, we tried to make jokes here."
0: <laughs> I like it though because there's no way you're gonna you're gonna sex up at a copy shop, you know. Yeah,
2: it's true. Uh, I still I have been to copy shops in in recent history because I refuse to own a printer. I don't. I don't want one. I print two things a year at best and I'll just go to a copy place and do it. I'll just frequent them rather than own a printer? What do you got? Are you guys pro anti-copy places? Oh, I'm pro. I don't
0: want anything else in my house, mm-hmm. and I I can just walk to. Uh, actually, there's a, co- there's a play a called Copy World, like three blocks from my apartment. That's mm. super easy for me. Oh, I just abuse the copy machine at work. So, uh, oh, see,
2: that is what I did back when I had when when I worked in an office. That is what I did. Same
0: here. And at my college, I did that too. Like, mm-hmm. oh yes, this is very important school work.
2: <laughs> and from time to time, my my husband he still works in an office. He'll come back with some copies he's he's making copies eh? ah yeah. funny man rob schneider it's <laughs> quite a reference <laughs> yeah. uh, but i do like the joke that all paper types are the same that's a funny yes uh, but, 100 yellow oh but yes. Yeah, sorry let's hear comic book guys great movie idea
7: i'd like 25 copies on goldenrod right um 25 on canary, canary. 25 on saffron mm-hmm. and 25 on paella
4: Okay, 100 yellow. (laughs) You
7: don't have to help me with this, Dad. Oh,
4: sure I do. I always believe in helping a little guy. And you're the littlest guy I know. Uh, Question. Is your name Ridley Scott or James Cameron? No, it's Homer. Well, then I will thank you to stop (laughs) peering at
1: my screenplay, Homer. And if I see a movie where computers threaten our personal liberties,
2: I will know that you stole my idea. I'm just waiting for my kid.
4: Mental note. Steal his idea.
2: Ha. I love that joke so much The that Homer would never steal his idea and never write a script. But also, it's, it's a real knock at the nerds on the internet who are just like, I'm writing a script and I will sell it to James yeah. Cameron, who is definitely looking for movie scripts and to make it. I, and of the most trite idea that has been done a million times even in 1996 of computers infringing on civil liberties which are still just being made today like that's yeah. every movie his, his idea is so broad and then he's like don't steal my incredibly <laughs> broad idea and then ridley scott would still make a movie like that today i'm certain i james cameron only makes avatar films and by makes i mean prepares to make them for a decade yeah How was it?
5: 1996 the year that the net came
2: that you know? was 95, I believe. Uh, okay. Yeah. okay. Yeah, it could be 96. And it was in the... It was in Hackers was... Hackers was 96. I do remember that. And I think uh, Strange Days... Definitely we were thinking about being terrified of computers by this point. Mm-hmm. We had moved on from being terrified of televisions to computers. Something with computers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, also, you know, Hope Ridley Scott's still alive by the time... The, anytime I mention anybody over the age of 70, I'm like, oh, I better future-proof this in case they pass away by the time the episode airs. Uh, so then we get some Apu gags, which are honestly, they feel like a preview of Much Apu About Nothing. Oh, yeah. The, the immigration episode later this season.
7: Hi, Apu. Can I put this poster in your window? Well, of
2: course you can, you little pixie. Oof, you're just as sweet as the sticks which bear your name.
1: <gasps> no, 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 no. No, no, no. Take that down.
0: As a semi-legal immigrant, your poster could lend me in a predicament as red hot as the candies which bear that name. I like all of, I like all of his candy metaphors. <laughs> yeah, candy metaphors
2: are fun. You, I uh, don't think any show reference Pixie Sticks and Red Hots these days. Like, true. They're the very lower brand candy now. But uh, I do want to point out that the
0: poster Lisa has is based on the Wanted for Treason poster of JFK <gasps> that was uh, put a- put around Dallas a lot uh, right before he was assassinated. Right. And I believe... Uh, lee harvey oswald might have done a few himself that he was not the the uh writer or the the manufacturer of that uh of that flyer he was just one of the people that was like i don't like him either but (laughs) it was made by a guy from the john birch society it was basically like you can go online and read it there's a scan of it online it's just like he's not he's not tough against communists and he's doing Mm. all this other shit like um yeah it's uh it's kind of like a, a what a whack job thought of kennedy in 1963
2: well i also like apu jokes are a dicey situation now and and i look at them differently than i did as a kid but conceptually i like this joke that it's not a joke about apu's otherness it's that he's like if you put this flyer up i'm already on thin ice in america around patriots like i'm gonna be looked at too closely like (laughs) but it's not even that he disagrees with it he's just like this will make people mad at me and this country is racist enough as it is
0: it's sort of like after, right after 9-11, uh, at least for me, if I would go into any gas station or Quickie Mart or whatever with a person of brown skin behind the counter, there would be flags everywhere mm-hmm. and like pro-America stuff everywhere because they had to.
2: It would be, they would be murdered yeah. otherwise. <laughs> like, ugh. But uh, then Lisa makes her second presentation, which I got to say, Mo and the Flyer is pretty great. <laughs> yeah.
4: Hear ye, hear ye! My daughter has something to tell you about Jebediah
1: Springfield! Aw, that little cutie wants to do something cute. Shut up, ya bum! Shut up! (laughs) Go ahead, Angel. Mm -mm.
7: Jebediah Springfield was nothing more than an evil bloodthirsty pirate who hated this town.
3: Good
1: (laughs) God! Homer, you know, I support uh, most any prejudice you can name. But your hero phobia sickens me. You and your daughter ain't welcome here no more. Barney, show me the exit. There's an exit? Evil bloodthirsty pirate. Hello, town jubilation committee? Yeah, I got something that's gonna make you a lot less jubilant.
0: All the barflies with their jaws hanging open is definitely a, a take on the producers, a, mm. a reference to the producers.
2: Uh, I love that reaction. That yeah. They can't stand it. And then Mo is very open of like, I support most prejudices, <laughs> but not this one. Hero phobia. Hero phobia. That he supports. It's, it's almost too smart for Mo to be like, to make you a little less jubilant. Yeah. <laughs> great well, we know that Mo is an angry, hate-filled man, so of course he supports most prejudices. <laughs> so then they get called before the committee here. You are tampering with forces you can't understand.
4: We have major corporations sponsoring this event.
7: I hope you know you're sponsoring a celebration for a murderous pirate.
4: A pirate? Well, that's hardly the image we want for Long John Silvers. (laughs) Well, I see no way of settling this. I say we imprison them for the duration of our bicentennial.
7: There is one way. Get the silver tongue. If Jebediah is who I say he is, that it should still be in his grave.
4: Well, I should dig up his grave. Why they well, but human decency prevents <laughs> Dig him up! <laughs> dig up that corpse! If you really love Jebediah Springfield, you'll haul his bones out of the ground to prove my daughter
0: wrong. <laughs> Dig up his
4: grave, pull out his tongue.
0: Can't we have one meeting that doesn't end with us digging up a corpse? It's even better knowing now that they dug up Taylor and yeah, uh back his corpse and looked for look for poison.
2: <laughs> but that, that was that a
5: that was a University of Florida uh professor yeah. this is just the one with a bell uh-huh. demanding it
0: they just
2: give up because he's screaming that much like dig up
0: his corpse that bell is very influential and i have to say for the story hollis needs to be in the historical society but i feel like he should be on the jubilation committee planning all of this he seems to yeah. be like the biggest like source of information about the town in the town
2: well here's a no prize guess for me that he is he has done it for so many years that he either hit term restrictions or he's like i'll let somebody else do it this time i i'll give it up to Skinner, Skinner really wants it. I'll, I'll just do this. this or year. I like that, but or maybe he thinks that
0: this will bring a ton of people into the museum, and he wants to be there <gasps> oh, to reap the. Uh, well, he's not getting paid for this, I guess. Mm. But uh, the reap, attention, yeah, reap the attention.
2: <laughs> Though I gotta say, when Lisa shows up, she's the only one there. When you would think they would have peak tourist season during the bicentennial, <laughs> and yet no one's, no there. one, no one cares. Uh, I love how Lisa says myths got that got mixed up with the truth, which that's the reality. That's that is. Is history folks it's true i also think it's funny that skinner a pow is the one suggesting that homer at least <laughs> be held captive for the duration of it. <laughs> i didn't think of that that's great and uh, okay long john silvers what do you guys think of that of that uh, chain restaurant hmm. as somebody who oh sorry tristan please i want to hear this no
5: i i don't have <laughs> I, try, <laughs> I try not to think of it it was it was some place that i always saw on tv and i always kind of wanted to go to but it was like none in my town or none nearby. It's kind of like Sonic. I always see Sonic commercials, but there's not any Sonics for 200 miles in my location.
2: I'd go to Sonic before Long John Silver's. Mm. I'd say that. I prefer it.
0: My grandma, when she was alive, uh, she was from Rhode Island. She moved to Ohio like in the 60s, and yes, she had an accent like Peter Griffin. It was amazing. (laughs) But she would take me to a lot of seafood restaurants because she missed eating seafood a lot, so we would go there, and also the lesser-known Long John Silver's, Arthur Treacher's. Based what? after the, uh, it's the name of a famous British actor from like the 30s, Arthur oh, wow. Treacher. So, oh, so
2: that makes it more accurate as a fish and chip shop. Yes, yes. I uh,
0: but I think I think Arthur Treacher's could be better. I mean, it's both tr- they're both trash food. But at mm-hmm. uh, Long John Silver's, you get to ring a fucking bell if your service is good on the way out. Oh, wow. And I never rang that bell. I also liked as a kid how their, uh, their restaurants were designed to look like ships. Like you'd walk in on like planks and stuff like that. It was mm-hmm. pretty neat. But that I have not cool. been to one in a while.
2: There's, you know, Bob, we could go there today if you want. There's <gasps> One just a 40-minute uh, ride away. Dare I? <laughs> Wait, where is this? Uh, it's in near El Cerrito. It's okay. a El Cerrito-Richmond Borders. Oh. Uh, that
0: could be uh, like the $18,000 tier. Yeah. A trip to Long John Silver's. Uh,
2: I was never the biggest fan of Long John Silver. It's like, uh, it's. in case you've never been there, folks, it is basically a fish and chip shop. So fried fish with with french fries so uh, double fried you get everything fried. you get a plate of brown <laughs> well that's really what it's about and that's i actually it's not a thing west of the mississippi i think but captain d's
0: oh no never heard of i that.
2: preferred it like it was there i looked at it now like there's a hundred locations in georgia there's 71 locations in alabama but the farther you get from the coastal south the fewer captain d's there are until eventually there's none past illinois but Captain D, I like their version of fried dough better, but that's the secret of all of those are just like, well, you're barely even eating the fish. It's just a pile of like fried bits among your fish. Like you God. get the bits with the fish.
0: All I know is that I... I, love the bits. The bits bits, are good. The bits. All I know is I ate hush puppies for about a decade before even questioning what they were. I'm like, I don't know if this is meat or something else, but they're good. It's some cornmeal. Yeah. I mean, I did learn that later, but when I was a kid, I'm just like, I'll just eat these.
2: They're they're the cousin of Johnny Cakes. (laughs) And uh, so we head to the graveyard... Adelaide Stevenson is forgotten it's uh, funny there's like an eternal
0: flame on his grave when no one cares about Adelaide Stevenson yes. he's, he's no JFK
2: <laughs> he was just the vice president to Grover Cleveland and then he lost the nomination to Williams Jennings Bryan who mm. never won the presidency as I guess we obviously we know that he never but he ran for president uh, under the Democrats like twice I believe Williams Jennings Bryan is also the Scopes monkey trial guy I believe mm. boy you know maybe we should look this up edit this out because we could be wrong okay but anyway but if i'm not but if i'm not wrong then i'll keep it in it's also perfect that willie is the grave digger too oh
0: yeah he's <laughs> back being grave digger willie as mm-hmm. in from season three *Trio* house four two right it
2: seems like he just does both at the same time for the school and the graves and when they pull him out i have to say when you know the the reveal later hurlbutt is very fast and i guess they could only really hide it in a commercial break so you can see the time you don't see him Obviously, grabbing out the tongue. It
0: is a very uh, the it didn't go off the cockadoodie cliff or whatever. Yes, moment. yes, the cockadoodie cliff. And by the way, William Jennings Bryan did represent the prosecution in the uh-huh. uh, Scopes Monkey mm. Trial.
2: Boom! He was the bad guy, or I guess he was he was on the side of Jesus. I won't. I, let's, not, let's not pick sides.
5: <laughs> I do want to say that shot of them uh, is. Pretty, you know, I like the atmosphere, the, the smoke rising up and looking directly at their faces. But it is kind of like one of those cursed Simpsons images with, like, <laughs> several characters all at once looking dead-eyed at the camera. And some of them look okay, but, like, uh Hurlblet uh, in particular, he's up on the top right, and he's just got, like, this kind of, like weird like melty face like one eye is off kind of like drifting into his sideburns a little bit mm.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's very cursed. Uh, Front facing Simpsons are all cursed it's true <laughs> but uh, the scene is like is done so well in terms of animation in that whenever they do like a shadow layer especially at this time it's a lot of extra work in terms of just the physical production of the show so they use it sparingly when they use it it's used very well uh, but
2: yes the coffin is open and it's up to Wiggum to dig around <laughs> <laughs>
1: Jebediah Springfield has been replaced with a skeleton.
2: No, that's the
6: skeleton of Jebediah. Gotcha, gotcha.
1: Okay, uh, well, let's start looking for that silver tongue.
7: Don't forget to look in his shoes. When I lose something, sometimes it turns up in my
4: shoes. Actually, if it's anywhere, it would be lodged in the sinus. (laughs) All right, here goes.
1: Forgive us, Jebediah. We mean no disrespect. (laughs) Well, that settles that. There is no silver tongue, is there, Bonesy?
3: Well, oh, I wish, Chief. With that
1: kind of dough, I could buy me some eyeballs. Ha
3: ha ha! Well, that's spirit, Bonesy.
1: Why don't you sing the song for the nice people? All right. <laughs> Camp Town ladies sing this song. Do da do da. Camp Town farmers.
0: That's great. Uh, I mean, we don't see the animation here, but I love how into it everyone is. And I I love like Mayor uh, Quimby like leaning in with a big dopey grin on his face like, yeah, I love it.
2: So that's, it's just so amazing that they are disturbing the corpse of their George Washington. Yeah. And yet, first off, Wiggum doesn't realize how horrible it is to rip the head off of him. And then second, no one is offended by it. He's he's doing a bad ventriloquist (laughs) act with the head of the City's founder, and they're all just like, oh, you want to sing this song? Yeah, they're all just loving it. No one thinks it's... And just the way he's acting with bones, like, rock and <laughs> He's a natural
0: I, showman, that wiggle.
2: Well, I mean, he wants an excuse to wear makeup. That's that is also true. Way- Finally. Uh, but that... Wiggum and Bonesy were not for Cromulent being. I think the line. Of yeah. the episode. Wigam and Bonesy is my other line of the episode. It's great how
0: that, that just really takes over the scene. One thing I uh, noticed upon this <laughs> viewing, though, is that uh, for as important as Jebediah Springfield is, he gets he gets a regular schmegular grave. It's not even yeah. like a fancy grave or a tomb. Mm-hmm. It's just like amongst everybody, just a normal headstone.
2: That's true. Yeah. It's it's they the Springfield Historical Society. If they're gonna put him back in the ground, they should at least pay for like a mausoleum. or Yeah. Something for sure so seemingly lisa is wrong and it comes with a price here you hear ye! everybody makes mistakes let's go home
3: <laughs>
1: not so fast simpson this foul business was all your fault by
4: the power vested in me i hereby strip you of your ceremonial bell no no and try corner hat
0: you will have the hat cleaned and then return it. <laughs> He's got a filthy scalp, that Homer Simpson.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, without his hair covering it, it's just his stinky skin on the top of his head. <laughs> I uh. do
0: like the subversion, though, in this episode in that Homer does not need to be convinced by Lisa. He's convinced immediately. And then Lisa seemingly seems to be the one who is wrong. And yeah. Homer is disappointed in that.
2: I also love his hear ye, hear We all make mistakes. Let's yeah. just all <laughs> he tries to end it right there.
0: And I, lo- I love the uh, Foley in the next scene where Homer is sadly, like, rocking. An alarm clock back and forth it's like someone just went out and bought one and they did that up to a mic
2: like yeah like knocking it, it back click, and forth click yeah click click if you try to make an alarm yourself and you're not moving your arms quickly that's just what the ringer will do on its own It's uh, it's just well observed it's beautiful and i loved homer's sadness it uh it, rem- it was a quieter version of his sadness of like Play there please <laughs> and he
0: didn't like uh, i think a season 5 or 6 homer would have lashed out at lisa but he's yeah. just like sort of he's resigned and he's just like doesn't want to dump it on her he
2: still apologizes to her of like i shouldn't have let you let me get carried away yeah <laughs> i think uh, a a good equivalent might be the uh
5: the jug blowing scene where uh homer does yell at lisa while, while doing the uh, the rhythmic uh chug blowing and here he's just doing it himself by himself does, not blaming anyone but
2: Homer that's true he's he's grown some uh, uh, he will ungrow later on but, uh, uh, but yes then we get Lisa's nightmare which is pretty beautiful too it's got some more Hans versus Washington action which is just beautiful why did you dig up the bones of the past why did you disturb the ghosts of history I I
7: General Washington?
4: You did some good work exposing Jebediah Lisa. Don't stop now. There's just one piece left in the puzzle.
7: But I've caused so much trouble already, General Washington, I can't go on.
4: We had quitters in the Revolution, too. We called them Kentuckians. (laughs) Well, I'll just have to find another little girl to be president. What's your friend Janie's number?
7: No, not Janie. She'll pack the Supreme Court with boys. (laughs) Oh, let me help you, George Washington. I still want to help you. I want to help you, George Washington. Even your dreams are square.
0: Lisa is only given a friend for the benefit of a joke. Yes. Like Janie's only there. It's like we need somebody else with Lisa or somebody who's Lisa adjacent to mention.
2: It's more like Lisa has no friends. Yeah. Most days. Uh,
5: Lisa is such a square that she calls uh, George Washington General General. Washington
0: because
2: it's more
5: period accurate Mm -hmm. to that time frame of George Washington rather than president.
2: Yeah. I guess for 1781, he wasn't yet president. What's kind of cool, though, is he comes in through the window
0: just like uh, Hans does in the uh, historical flashbacks. <laughs> so they right. both come in through windows. But uh,
2: Washington opens
0: it, he doesn't break through
2: it. That's true. He, he's more, he's, he's more uh, respectful. But also, for my research... I don't exactly get the joke on Kentuckians unless it's just a humorous non sequitur. So, Kentucky, it was a commonwealth of Virginia during the uh, Revolutionary War. Not a lot of people lived there until around the war, and they all moved. Uh, they got more settlers there during the battles. And. It became a state around the time Springfield was founded, actually, 1792. And it's the 15th state Kentucky is. So I'm not sure why they would call them Kentuckians again. It could just be an unsequitur. But if there's any big history nerds out there, tell us. (laughs) I'm dying to know. I
0: like to think that he just has a a weird grudge against Kentucky that's not explained. It's true. Yeah.
2: Well, I guess he was a Virginian. So maybe he was mad at the people who went south of the border to to Kentucky. Uh, And also a fear of... Packing the Supreme Court With is boys, <laughs> yes. In general, that, that was that was the charge. That uh, well, it's not the charge. It is what FDR tried to do. FDR tried to make there be four more Supreme Court justices. So all right, uh, so he could, or three, I forget. Definitely more, just so he's like, why well, can't get more shit done if the Supreme Court would stop saying it's unconstitutional? But really, how many uh, justices do you appoint in in one term? I mean, our current president looks like he might get lucky and get like three. Mm, it's true, not to yeah, get that done. is
5: the big fear of mine. If, if the current president packs the uh, supreme court with
2: boys <laughs> yes yeah his his choice in boys i don't think would be particularly good i don't think he'd pick a good woman either i think whoever he would want is no matter what gender, not great uh, but this is just one of our shortest clips ever but i just love this little line here
7: can you open my milk mommy
0: i'm not mommy <laughs> ralph i'm miss hoover <laughs> It's not there for any reason. It's just like mm-hmm. a very observational little kid thing. I'm sure it's happened in your class at some point, like mm-hmm. growing up. Somebody calls the teacher mommy.
2: <laughs> I fear I might have done that uh, even myself uh, at one time. Or at the very least, I laughed at other kids calling them, uh, her mommy the teacher. There was
5: on more than one occasion. I was in a class, and uh, one of the students was the child of the teacher, which you'd think they would switch that around, but they, they didn't. And there was definitely a, a mommy or daddy at one point. And even though it was accurate, it was no less
2: hilarious to, uh, <laughs> little child you know i didn't have a class uh, when i had classes i with a teacher her student was in the school but they were not in my class so the but one day he got bullied and then the, uh, then the teacher mm-hmm. was very mad the next day just say, how could you how could you children do this like which like. i felt she was right to be angry, but also you're you're not helping your kid with the, the, with the cruel <laughs> students in this class.
0: My, my favorite observational thing about little boys is actually from South Park and that how Butters will pull his pants and underwear down all the way to use the <laughs> urinal. And there yeah. was always one kid that did that. And, and it was like, mm-hmm. well, uh, yeah, I guess that's just, you know, the most common sense way to pee. But we got it. We got to use our flies here, gentlemen. It's how
2: you were taught by your parents. <laughs> yeah. It's just that you never grew up to learn a better way. It's
5: the slightly less weird kids would go into the toilet stall and pull their pants down to pee.
3: Yeah,
2: if you had to do that, you at least knew, like, I don't need to show everybody my butt. I can do this privately yeah. in this room mm-hmm. even if I want to pull pull them down that way. After this point, the episode basically becomes an episode of Murder She Wrote, yeah. which I really like. Murder <laughs> She already or Columbo or something. There's any like of this a there, there's shows.
0: a parlor scene even at the yes. end of this. Yeah. No, I
2: mean her grilling her grilling of her old butt is is very much uh Angela Lansbury here. What are you doing here?
7: I was right about Jebediah and now I can prove it.
6: Oh, please, not that claptrap again. Haven't you hurt Jebediah enough with your childish tales of pirate ships and fisticuffs and a silver mm. tongue that can't be found? That's
7: because you stole it.
6: That's a lie. I'm an antiquarian, dammit. Okay. It's my job to seek out the truth.
7: But well, when you found the truth, you couldn't take it. You couldn't stand that you devoted your life to a fraud, so you covered it up. Didn't you? No. Didn't you? Yeah. No, that, that's preposterous. I mean, I, I couldn't. You... you can. stop it where's the silver tongue
0: i like how they didn't put jokes into that scene the yeah. uh, the tension is played for just played straight
2: <laughs> there's no gag to it it's just like spell it like and he's and Donald Sutherland is doing a great job acting uh, under the pressure and then especially the the animation on the wiggling mustache just like Uh uh, it's it's beautiful right and that his eyes like flit away and just give it away where he's been hiding the tongue in plain sight I guess that's also when he says I'm an antiquarian damn it that's all you need to know of like well why didn't he just destroy it he couldn't it's history he can't destroy history but he just has to hide it to have an actual
5: Seemed content to leave the uh, scrap of paper in the trash. He had two mm. chances to get rid of that that scrap of paper, or at least hide it or move it
3: somewhere. Yeah, when Lisa true. put back the
5: five, and then when then it was still in the trash can, he was cleaning up sweeping dust under that, that uh, model lady. He could have taken care of that at any time, but he
0: didn't. It's true. I, mm. I think he didn't want to get rid of that either. It was like a relic of Jebediah. Even if he was a fraud, it's like, I believed in this man. This is something that he personally wrote, so I, I guess it's still meaningful to him.
2: Well, it is funny to see him sweeping dirt underneath something, both uh. metaphorically and uh. literally. I, uh. I just got that. Uh. Yep, same. I just got it. <laughs> uh, so it's a great plot, plot point that it was written on the portrait tear, which that's not why that painting isn't unfinished because somebody tore off a piece of it but it's a great little addition to history I I,
0: I love it I like how they built that mythology and and hopefully uh, made a bunch of kids think the wrong thing
2: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so here's Harold Butt's confession
6: I thought no one would ever find it when I pried open the coffin it was there that shiny tongue sticking out of his mouth razzing my entire career my, my life before the dust could settle I pocketed it but i thought i had you fooled
7: you did until i realized that jebediah's confession was saying more than he meant it to how else could he have gotten this
3: (gasps)
6: sprungfeld must have taken it with him when he ran off after the fight exactly this celebration was a sham and it's all my fault We've got to get the word out to every man, woman, and child in town.
2: The, even the music underneath it is like, this is the scene in a police or detective movie where the guy's like, but how? Oh, this is how I did it. But how did you know? <laughs> it's it's beautiful. It's great, yeah. And uh, that it was hiding in plain sight in a diorama. Though when you see it there, you see like four screws on there. It's like, So was it screwed into the back of uh, Hans Sprungfeld's neck like, Obviously, yes. A silver tongue wouldn't literally work in someone's mouth because your tongue has to move to make sounds, and a silver tongue couldn't do that.
0: That's true. I mean, I think it was probably just attached to the stump in some way. If you mm. look at that little diagram, it looks like it screws on to whatever like oh, was, what was remaining it looks like of his it? tongue.
5: Okay. It looks like it goes onto the molars, just like right onto the yeah
0: mm, Yeah. Okay. That that drawing, if you look at the drawing that they show in Lisa's book or whatever, um, I forget where it shows up, but it's a very detailed drawing of how that would actually work in your mouth. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's like nice it's like an real etching real. or something. It's very well done.
2: And uh, it ends with them running to the parade which that also feels like a very 1970s political drama yeah. kind of ending of that Donald Sutherland would have starred in. Of <laughs> That's like true. we got to get to the parade. It's it's uh the only one I can think of by name is in Blowout, the Brian De Palma ah. film. That ends at a big celebration where uh one character gets murdered because and nobody hears it happening in plain sight because it's nighttime and there's a fireworks barrage going off so mm. it drowns out the 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 characters screaming i don't want to spoil mm-hmm. blowout for you which is a pretty good movies but it's, yeah it's a pretty good movie it's a adaptation of blow up but uh blow out stars john travolta john lithgow dennis and dennis franz mm. uh, young dennis franz old who looks Sibowitz as old himself. yeah it's Sipowitz, but he looks as old as he does in 1996 <laughs> in in this 1979 movie we get to lisa's uh, speech and we also get confirmed that never forget this quimby considered killing lisa uh, a political assassination of lisa simpsons quimby considered this all right
6: Stop everything! Stop the parade! What? Uh, Well, what's going on here?
4: This is highly unorthodox. This This is is Lisa Simpson.
6: Simpson. She's discovered discovered something very important important about about Jebediah Springfield Springfield that you need to hear.
7: People of Springfield! I um I don't know quite how to say this!
1: Don't be shy, little girl! Think of Jebediah,
4: and the words will (laughs) come.
7: I did did a lot lot of research on Jebediah Springfield, and
4: I think I can pick her off. Wait, (laughs) let's see what she has to say.
2: She sees all the people in the audience. Jebediah
7: Springfield was.
2: Flags (laughs) everywhere.
5: No
2: veterans.
7: He was great!
0: So, to use the uh, the common parlance of our times, Lisa had a reverse facts don't care about your feelings moment, where she's like, <laughs> oh, these facts would hurt feelings. I'm going to keep them to myself.
2: Well, I guess let's dig into that—the ethical question of what what Lisa did. Like, uh, well, Tristan, you brought it up first, so why did you? Well, what, what are your feelings on this now and at the time of the episode airing?
5: I kind of compare it to, uh, like, I compare it to two things. One is the very easy comparison that I I thought about this episode while watching before I knew about uh, Taylor was Christopher Columbus, who you know we still celebrate him. I think it's a is it a national holiday still, Columbus Day? I think so. For some people, yeah. Uh, and, and you know, obviously, he's a genocidal monster. He's uh, a terrible person. Um, not a lot of people want to hear that.
0: He's Italian. Uh,
5: <laughs> and I do think that in that case, people should know. Uh, and then there's another case. Uh, there's a folk hero of my own from, a, from my a small town that I grew up in in Oregon, uh, by the name of uh, Bobby the Wonder Dog. <laughs> Back. Back in 1923, Bobby was lost in Indiana, and his family couldn't find him. So they just, like, went back to Oregon because they were visiting family. And uh, six months later, Bobby the Wonder Dog shows up in town, having traveled 2,500 miles, uh, supposedly. He's, like, celebrated all over the place. He gets keys to the city when he dies. Rin Tin Tin is trained to put a wreath on his grave he's like a huge deal wow. and in town there's all sorts of murals on my town there's a huge it's a very long and huge mural with a statue of Bobby wow. there's a uh doghouse right there it's more or less homeward bound and you know I, I would I researched it again after after this because this episode made me think of it and I can't find anywhere that confirms my suspicion that that story is complete bullshit like 2500 miles Crossing rivers, crossing uh, the mountain range during the dead of winter. I don't, I don't believe it for one second. But like Ripley's Believe It or Not, you know, backs it up. All sorts of Oregon historical societies back him up. His his body is still buried up in Portland. People want to exhume his body and bring him back to the small town. Oh
0: my God!
5: Um, funnily enough, because it's such a point of pride. In that case, in Bobby's case, I don't think it's worth raising a stink. And in Christopher Columbus's case, I would say certainly. Yeah. In Jebediah Springfield, I, I don't feel like I got a good enough idea of how bad a person he was. Was he a genocidal maniac? I just, he's a pirate. I guess he tried to murder someone. All I, all I saw was him getting in a fight with George Washington
0: yeah I totally agree with you in that uh, they make uh, Jebediah sort of a cartoonishly villainous man it wasn't like the episode could have been like oh this guy had like a child slavery ring or <laughs> did other very very bad things but he's just like a thief and a crook
2: the worst Lisa finds in her research on him is that he was a gross grog house fighting guy who, who just tried to rob uh, Washington and I guess would have killed him in a scuffle but wasn't like a potential assassin he yeah. just was a failed uh, thief and it was more that he hated the town when it's like (laughs) no this man loved the town and I mean, I would like to know more of the idea of like, well, why did he become Jebediah Springfield and lead these? How did Hans Sprungfeld decide to lead a bunch of settlers to Springfield from Maryland? Was it part of his plan to escape Maryland where he was on the run as Hans Sprungfeld and Could have been. move I, to I another
5: sequel episode? <laughs> uh, I'm pitching
2: it right now to Dan Graney, man. <laughs> he should do it. Yeah, I think there's there's a little more to go in there of like, why did Hans do it? And maybe there's more yeah. Information there that would, that would fix him. I, I'm of the belief of innocence is bliss on that stuff. And it, it feels great to, it's a childlike innocence. It's why people don't like people who I don't think are personally racist or, or particularly love the Confederacy. They're like, but my school or my flag was always this flag or this in where I my town is. That's where this Confederate monument was. Or that's it's just <laughs> part of what grew up, and I didn't want to think about it that much, so I didn't. And yeah, you're just upsetting. You're upsetting someone's reality, which I could get why people have a negative reaction to it. There are certainly people who defend those types of monuments and history for evil purposes, not just wanting innocence. But either way, I think it's like I I feel. A America or ourselves society would be in a better place if you accept the negative things that happened in the past mm-hmm. there's there's actually a really good documentary on kind of this subject too uh, called happy valley which is a 2014 documentary on the penn state uh oh scandals. boy i want to see this now it's it's really great it's it's not just about so if you know anything about the penn state stuff Uh, It ends with Joe Pod dying like 40 minutes in. And then Mm. the other hour is just about how everyone in the town in pennsylvania how they're dealing with it and they're just like our dad was bad we need to find a new dad or this town and and other people you get to see all these people trying to justify it or trying to say like look this guy was bad yeah but that's not the players like give us a come on man like don't take down the it's it's you get to see people have to deal with that kind of thing getting exposed and how it's much it's why the film's called happy valley and not any of the principal players by name in it it's just really about how the town reacts to it so
5: mm. I'd, I'd much rather watch that than the hbo movie with al pacino I oh think.
0: god you're right you know, the documentary is much better yeah i mean for me i think uh i saw this probably last maybe a decade ago and at the time i was probably thinking you know like uh, Lisa should have told them and they should have known because lisa was right so i thought this I I love this episode, but I felt like the ending was kind of a cop-out. Now that I've mellowed out a lot, I'm like, no, I I agree with the episode's take on things. Like, ultimately, uh, Han's, what they showed of him, it it was not bad enough for everyone to need to know and have their fun ruined. In fact, like, Lisa reminds me of a modern figure that likes to ruin fun, Neil deGrasse Tyson. Uh (laughs) Where it's like... This this announcement could have been her Neil deGrasse Tyson tweet. I mean, the most recent insufferable thing I've seen him tweet was, uh, "People say save the Earth, but actually the Earth is going to be just fine after we're gone." Like you know, you know what we meant, Neil. You know what we you meant. All know what it
2: means. Like we get it. It's, yeah, it's a, please. Yeah, I
0: mean, I remember when he was the cool scientist. Now he's yeah. just like the. Actually, I have to correct you on this. No, I. I- I do believe that
5: Lisa would have been better off tweeting this information or, like, putting it in a newspaper or, or doing something else other than standing in front of uh, Springfield's largest mob in a town no- prone to uh, breaking out into riots. That's
3: true. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's not
5: exactly the time or place for that kind of thing, I guess. She should know. I mean, she she is eight, but maybe ProBut should know the town a little bit better by now than to make that kind of thing yeah. uh, known. Because, you know, people at the bar didn't react well about, you know, hundreds That's of true. thousands more
0: people. I think he spends too much time by himself in that uh, historical museum. <laughs> he doesn't
2: understand <laughs> people too well. So here's Lisa's reasoning for not sharing.
6: Why didn't you tell him?
7: Because the myth of Jebediah has value too. It's brought out the best in everyone in this town. Regardless of who said it, a noble spirit embiggens the smallest man. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's, uh, That's barely so. Been co. Uh, co. Showrunner Bill Oakley does not like that. Uh, he did not want to put that in, but everyone else says it's a good button on that. It's it mixes the the sweetness with also the uh you know the you know subversion of that the Simpsons loves to do so well. That, it, feels, it feels very Merkiny actually. Yeah,
2: Merkiny or yeah. or Mike Scully kind of style. Like no, someone should try to murder Lisa. Like yeah. but just fail. Yeah. It's I'm glad I'm glad Oakley let it through.
5: Even after after she's already she's already decided not to go public with the information they 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 were like Let's get her just
2: to be sure. She could change her mind. This information
0: can't be out there. Yeah, I also like, like what other show in 1996 would have made a joke about assassinating a child? Yes. Almost assassinating yeah. a child. And that not, that not being a
2: huge stink on the
0: news or whatever. Can you believe The Simpsons did this?
2: <laughs> also, as long as I'm making movie recommendations, Lisa's deciding to not share the truth is kind of a reference to The Man Who Shot Liberty Valance. Oh. Which is one of my favorite westerns old classic western it's a john ford john wayne film it really is one of the best end of the west kind of stories it's uh, not just john wayne but also lee marvin and uh, jimmy stewart and jimmy stewart's really the star of it so it is about jimmy stewart is a man who was a representative from this western town then became a senator and is on his way to maybe being vice president and from there president but he became famous in the town for being the man who shot liberty valance who was the bad guy in town but he comes to town when the character plays by john wayne has just passed away and then jimmy stewart's character tells the story of what really happened that it was john wayne who shot liberty valance not jimmy stewart and he just john wayne was fine john wayne told him then look Pelgrim, just let everybody think it's you i'm getting out of town <laughs> he got famous on a lie and now at the funeral for john wayne's character he is letting his demons out and letting a news reporter and local law enforcement know the truth that he had always known. And this is what the news reporter says as he's tearing up the story that he was just told.
4: Well, you know the rest of it. I went to Washington. We won statehood. I became the first governor. Three terms as governor. Two terms in the Senate ambassador to the court of St.
6: James, back again to the Senate, and a man who, with a snap of his fingers, could be the next vice president of the United States.
4: Well, you're not going to use the story, Mr. Scott? No, sir. is the West, sir. When the
6: legend becomes fact, print the legend.
2: Mm, I love it. Yeah, I love that scene. No, that's also like Eh, you know maybe people in that in the same case in this town that what's going to help that town or the world it's like no this guy was a fraud he, he didn't actually shoot this person it doesn't really help anybody
0: yeah i think uh, a lot of uh, a lot of fiction is drawn from that or maybe just the popular trope because i i can't think of any specific examples but i know i've seen a lot of the idea of the
2: legend being more important than the than the facts mm-hmm. uh so then we get to the end here just one last uh, dangling thread to be fixed <laughs>
4: Well, hey, it's Homer. Good to
1: see you, Nathan. Get lost. ye! Hear ye! Hear ye! He is not the official town crier. <laughs> Police, do something! Well, I'd like to, ma'am, but he's too damn good. Let him march boys. Let the man march.
0: And that is an Animal House reference, which I didn't know.
2: No, me neither. I don't (laughs) particularly care for Animal House. I don't either. But
0: I love I love the animation on the scene where it is Flanders marching with everyone behind him, the crowd moving by, and it's like a dead on shot of him. It's so well done, like Mm -hmm. way to go, uh it's Mike Anderson, right? Yeah, Mike Mike Anderson. He really was showing off in his first show. In fact he said on the commentary he wanted to make the biggest Simpsons crowd ever for his first as wow. director. Mm-hmm. And I it's think at that ambitious. point, it might be the biggest crowd ever.
5: Uh, yeah, I so, think so. Some interesting details in that parade. Uh, I noticed be, right behind Flanders is what looks to be a young Troy McClure.
3: Yeah. model.
5: And uh, also some, some other weird show... People showing up in the crowd right behind Wigan when he says "Let the man march." It's it's Artie Ziff. Oh wow! I wow, have to go back to that. That's right. So it's the last line of the episode. And then, well, there's like a Chinese dragon that's also a bison, which I thought was very nah. strange.
2: Ah, that's great that's a very good joke yeah i love that joke and that's i do wonder if eventually hans and jeb's uh similarity will be discovered by someone else i i feel like it's only a matter of time really it's the the the, as more research is available like i would think by by 20 by 2009 like some cracked article would just have figured it out like hey look at these two pictures isn't this the same guy (laughs) (laughs) also uh another episode another cartoon that's similar to this episode is gravity falls oh in the the first season there's an episode called irrational treasure which involves time travel and finding out a secret about the town which uh gravity falls is set in tristan's uh, oregon as well Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. and uh in it dipper finds out that the man who founded the city is a lie and it was a different guy and (laughs) and they get to the ending where they're like no it's not worth it don't tell his descendants even if they're jerks that he's a fraud and josh weinstein worked on that show right yes yeah. oh my god though that was what seemed to be the moral they were coming to and then dipper the main character of the show goes hey you know what your family's a fraud deal with it ah. and then he says you know what what's underrated revenge right? <laughs> i need to watch gravity
0: falls <laughs> i have access to all of it so. it could be a what a cartoon someday yes, I, could I want see it, it to happening. be
2: well then we end this episode will end with the song that ends this episode yes
0: uh, the ballad of <laughs> jeopardy springfield imagine an era in which credits were shown and someone writes an original song for those credits <laughs> With a new singer. It's beautiful. It's good. Yeah.
2: And it's uh, written by Jeff Martin. Of uh, He's a Simpsons OG who wrote many of the classic songs in yeah. the uh, first three, four seasons. I guess his biggest claim to fame on song would be the uh, Streetcar Musical. He You're wrote right. all of that.
0: Yeah, way to go, Jeff Martin. This episode, mm-hmm. though, I want to say really great. Really great. I still—it's still one of my favorites. It's way up there. I like—I like how it dips in the lore, which is a big uh, Oakley and Weinstein thing. They're all about exploring Simpsons lore, especially in these years where other other showrunners really weren't doing that that often. But I also like the very sweet Homer story. I love Hollis. I love the mystery. It's a very well—it's like what everything the Simpsons does well in one package. I think.
5: Yeah, I agree. It's—it's it's very well rounded. Um, Donald Sutherland is so great. His character design, his character—that part of uh, Springfield, the very lonely little museum. Uh, Yeah. And it's just good. It's one of those episodes that uh, is so versatile that you can look at it different ways at different points in your life, which is where I think that Simpsons really thrives.
2: I I agree. It's a great episode that also is a conversation starter as well. Yeah. it, It has an interesting moral dilemma that's not there's no real black and white to it and it and it's based on great stuff you pull out of reality too and it's kind of always going to be it's a timeless kind of story, too. I like that. And well-animated. And also, Donald Sutherland, I think, is one of my favorite guest voices they've ever had. On oh, yeah. Show. He's so good as Hurlbut.
0: So one last thing about Donald Sutherland, who will live to the age of a thousand. Yes. He will not die <laughs> soon. So I want to say that on the commentary, I learned that uh, Bill Oakley, he said this is one of three people he didn't direct because he was too much of a wimp. <laughs> so not that Donald Sutherland was mean, but he was Donald Sutherland. Mm. And he knows what he's doing. So he was undirected, basically. Mm. Uh, so was Lawrence Tierney and also kirk douglas so yeah. uh, kirk, uh, kirk douglas and lawrence Tierney for different reasons
2: <laughs> i i also thought uh, i had assumed he'd won an oscar at some point donald sutherland but no what technically yes he got an honorary oscar in 2017 which that is a kiss of death if ever there is one in the yeah. entertainment industry yeah. so i'm i'm extra worried about it knowing that but no he's gonna live to 100 110 yes. even prove us wrong what?
0: donald
5: One more thing about Donald Sutherland. He did play a character named Homer Simpson in 1975, I want to say. The Day of the Locust.
0: Oh, yes. Wow. I think Matt Granny brought that up once or twice before, but I totally forgot about that. Wow. Yeah. I knew that was the name of a character in that book slash movie, but I
2: didn't know he had played him. Wow. Wow. Mm -hmm. That's amazing.
0: So, uh, Tristan, we're going to do our own plugs once we get off the air with you. So, can you talk about where we can find you, what you're up to?
2: Sure. Um, You can find
5: me on Twitter, uh, Tristan A. Cooper. Um, you can also find me at dorkley.com, youtube.com slash dorkley. And we also just recently started the Dorkley podcast. Google that. We, uh, where we, me, myself, our video producer, Tony Wilson, and Julia Le Petit. we all discuss our highs and lows of and pop culture, make it, way, make way too many references to both Paddington and Rampage. So <laughs> that sounds up your alley. Please
0: come on by? Uh, no, I hardly endorse Dorkly. In fact, I wrote a few things for you guys uh, back in the day when I was freelancing. Oh, so, man, uh, I gotta look those up. I'm way on night. board. Uh, 2013, I think I did maybe three or four articles, maybe two. I That was a that was a bad time in my life, but I liked writing for Dorkly, I'll tell you that much.
5: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a bit before my time, but that's interesting. I'll look those up for
0: sure. Yeah, so thanks so much, uh, Tristan. Hopefully we can have you back sometime.
5: Yeah, thanks. I would, I would love that. Thanks so much for having me.
0: Thank you so much for joining us, folks, for this episode of Talking Simpsons. We loved having you as listeners, and I will tell you about all of the things that we do. So this entire network of shows, including What a Cartoon, is funded by the Talking Simpsons Patreon. If you go to patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons and give up the $5 level, it will not only make you cooler, you will <laughs> also get access to so many things. I'll go over a few of them here, and hopefully Henry will clean up anything I miss. So at the $5 level, if you sign up today, you can get every episode of Talking Simpsons a week ahead of time and ad-free. That's right. If you go sign up now, you can get next week's episode if you're listening on the free feed. That also is the same for What a Cartoon. You'll get every episode episode a week ahead of time and ad free we also have tons and tons of bonus podcasts if you sign up today and you've never have been a member you will literally have like hundreds of podcasts to listen to that you haven't heard before including all of talking critic uh most of talking futurama we're doing the entire first season of talking futurama you also have access to any mini series we do after that all of the interviews we've done monthly community podcasts where we respond to your questions and comments i don't know if i said it before but interviews with simpsons writers
2: and uh what what have i missed henry there's more right well there's also the entire first season of talking Simpsons, oh, that's right. which is only on the Patreon, it's not on the free feed, as well as the season wrap-ups where we go through uh, important news and events that happen during each season for seasons two, three, four, five, and 6 and also we go through the deleted scenes which we do in an audio version oh, but yeah. if you're at a premium level subscriber that's $10 or more a month you'll get access to the video version of that not to mention other exclusive videos like me and Bob going through every Simpsons short from the Tracy Ullman years. We've done
0: them all now. <laughs>
2: yes and if I may talk up some of our best interviews or our most recent ones. Dan Graney talks about this episode a ton. Listen to it. Also, our most recent one, David Silverman, the, like, patriarch of Simpsons animation. He is the king of it. He's one of the members of the Triforce. He is, yes. David Silverman. (laughs) He's a wizard. Oh, wait, no, Courage. (laughs) (laughs) And he's so so friendly so helpful like told us so many things I didn't know especially about the very early days of the Simpsons he does a good homer too and a good homer yeah he's yeah. tons of fun you can listen to that and so many more things you end up with hundreds and hundreds of hours of extra content for just $5 a month come yeah. on and as of this recording
0: we just passed our 2000th Patreon uh, Patron rather and there are still more goals we want to hit more things we want to unlock so if you're on the fence you donating could make us do more work if we want to do more work we love podcasts. <laughs> podcasting if it wasn't clear by now so yes thank you so much for listening I have been your host Bob Mackey find me on Twitter as Bob Servo and hey listen to my other podcast retronauts go to retronauts.com and look for retronauts in your podcast machine it's a classic gaming podcast every week and occasionally with bonus episodes on Friday we cover everything to do with classic gaming including up to like the PlayStation 2 era so if you've ever played a video game we've talked about something you like probably Henry
2: (laughs) and I'm at H-E-N-E-R-E-Y-G on Twitter and you can find tweets from me there where I will also to share details on these episodes coming up as well as when we do new interviews tease upcoming interviews and also tweet about our what a cartoon series where we go through a different cartoon in a series once a week in the same wonderful Talking Simpsons style thank you so much for joining us we'll see you next week
0: for Homer the Smithers see you then
4: it's that team up Jebediah Springfield Whip them horses, let them wagons roll. That a people might begin America. That a man might begin his soul.